Hi, and welcome back to Coco Disaster. I'm Chorpsoy. I'm Jordan, the world's tastiest anime podcast. <laughs> yep, just you. No, yeah. I mean, it has <laughs> to get it in there somewhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, oh, right, I forgot about our tagline. Yeah. I'll fix it in post. Okay, <laughs> just I cut won't. it. Where it belongs, <laughs> it'll be great. No one will notice. Yeah. Okay, and so, uh... Although we're at the end of the year, it's time for us to look forward to 2017 with the winter season. Maybe it'll be good for once. Maybe, who knows? There's not as much anime, it seems, this time around. But maybe it'll be good, who knows? Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean the anime season, I just meant the year in general. Oh yeah, the year, you know, that it would be nice if that was better too. But the anime is a good sign, I think. Yeah, I think there have been a lot of announcements. Some we won't go over now, because we'll go over them as the season comes up. But yeah, it's cool. But before we talk about these upcoming winter anime, let's talk some news. Let's do it. And probably the most exciting news for me okay. is that Crunchyroll started picking up Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc 5, so there's like a legal venue for which to watch it online. Oh, that's right. And they're releasing, like, huge chunks of episodes at a time. I think it's five episodes a week after initial launch of, like, 15 or 30 or something like that. All right. Yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah, and so they're they're going to catch up pretty fast. We're on something like 130-something. So um, that's, that's pretty nice. It's nice that they get to catch up, like, right before the big finale stuff. All right. And as Arc 5 is probably my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh! series, uh, I think it's great that more people can watch it, legally. Yeah, it is. Do they have the dub on there? Um, no, because the dub is... <sighs> I think Teletoon owns it in Canada, and I think Nicktoons has the right for it, so I don't think they're going to uh. get the dub for that. Um, right. Crunchyroll certainly hasn't gotten dubs for the other Yu-Gi-Oh! series at least in America, I know that much. Mm, okay. They, they have dub releases, I think, in, like, European countries. Okay. Oh, well, I guess that means I can watch it. Yeah, so you get the benefits. It's not a great dub, though. Like, the main characters are all fine, but, like, the fat kid has a really awful German accent. <laughs> what? That is just insufferable, yeah. <laughs> but there's not... Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's for kids, so some of the characters have to get have goofy accents. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah, Crunchy's been picking up a bunch of other stuff lately too, like a, a lot of old Mangalobe shows around there. Like they had, they put up Kids on the Slope uh, a while ago, and also they added Sh- Samurai Shampoo and Terror in Tokyo earlier yeah, this week. They're pulling a lot of stuff from Funny right now, at least on the sub side. Hmm. Uh, I, yeah, they've been doing, like, a lot of Christmas stuff showing, hey, we're getting all these sub-things from Funny that you can now watch on, Merry a, Christmas. on a better player. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Though yeah. Funny apparently is reworking it, so who knows. Okay, that's good. Now I can finally finish Noragami. Yeah, finally. Oh yeah, because that was stuck on Funny, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, in good news for someone, uh... The people at Studio Kara promise they're working on the final Evangelion remake film. It's in Good. progress. They're working on it. It's happening. We swear. Neon Genesis or rebuild of Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. You cannot finish <laughs> this damn movie. 
Apparently the animation director is really hoping that this ends before he retires because drawing is actually getting physically difficult as he ages. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then apparently um, Anahideaki announced that he wants to do even more with Evangelion going forward, like more series and stuff. I mean, I would also want to make more money if I was him. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love making money, so I get yeah. it. I get it. I know he does. But I... It feels like that would be a weird thing to do. Like, I feel like Evangelion is its own self-contained thing. I don't know how you, like, build on a universe of that. Yeah, I'm honestly really surprised that Hideaki Anno, of all people, isn't just like, alright, I got mine, you know, I got my infinite source of wealth, I'm just gonna do whatever I want. You know? Instead, yeah. he's just making more of what makes him money. Maybe he really does love it. Like, has that love for Evangelion. He must, that he keeps because one... he wouldn't have done the remakes, I think, if that weren't true. You I know, mean, he was worried about his vision not being proper or whatever. Not being yeah, I think the only reason he has to worry about his vision not being proper is because it's covered in, is because his eyes are covered in cash. <laughs> Goddamn. Oh. But given the big delays, it looks like we probably won't see that movie for at least another couple years. I think it'll probably come out in 2018. Oh, that's a couple years, but yeah. I could well, see yeah, that. In a literal sense, I guess it is. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they were working on this, like, pre-Shin Godzilla. They must have been doing something, right? They had to have been prepping or something, even though yeah. uh, Anno was busy directing whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That's alright. Yeah. People like Evangelion. I do. And you will. Yeah, we'll find Soon out. Soon enough. <laughs> uh, also, so, I think before we talked about, like, the, the, the light novel e-book subscription series. Uh, yes. And stuff that they're, they're making these sort of things available without having to print them for extreme amounts of money. And let's talk uh -huh. about two of the new series that have been picked up by the J-Novel Club. Tell me about it. Uh, we've got The Faraway Paladin, The Boy in the City of the Dead, which sounds cool. That does sound pretty cool, yeah. I was and thinking then, the same. And uh, then Mixed Bathing in Another Dimension, <laughs> The Hero of the Unlimited Bath. <laughs> that sounds a little <laughs> less cool. But at least it's overt, you know? Yeah, you know, you know exactly what you're going in for with this. Yeah. Someone gets someone to another dimension to bathe. You know, whatever. They're, you know, they're, they're putting all their cards on the table. I think that's one good thing about the, like, light novel style of writing is generally you know exactly what you're getting into. Yeah, because the title's also the premise. Right. And the synopsis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I still haven't seen anything that would make me personally want to, like, get a membership for something like that, but, the idea of releasing, like, chapters a week for people through a subscription service sounds really nice for the people who are interested in this sort of stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It does seem like, I mean, I guess as a business uh, a business model, it seems like digital is certainly the way to go, especially with something uh, we could say as niche as light novels. Right. Yeah. I just think it's weird to dictate the pace for your audience like that. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it's in the same way that, you know, a, a weekly Shonen Jump dictates. But I, uh, no, I guess it is different. A chapter yeah. is not quite the same thing. Because they would have written these full books. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's already a full version out there somewhere. Yeah. 
But they're translating it professionally, so it probably won't be as bad as the fans would. You I know. guess so. Oh, I didn't realize they were doing a, um... Uh, was it, like a sequel to the Space Battleship Yamato? Is that right? That got announced. Uh, yeah, Spaceship Yamato 20... Uh, 2202? Because there's, okay. the there's the 2119. Yeah. Which was like a remake. I think this is a proper sequel of some kind? Yeah, it's a sequel project, and it's going to be a seven-film series. Oh my god, that's a lot. Yeah, like, I feel like that's maybe something... Is, that's something that started happening more often, is, like, film series. Yeah. Because, like, you have the, the Digimon film series, which is five or six long. Right. And then stuff like this, and there are other ones, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know about... Battleship Yamato, like, that's something that definitely happened before me, mm -hmm. and before my place as an anime fan, but everyone that I've heard talk about it talks it up a lot, and it seems like it is sort of like a mainstay of Japanese animation. I've also never seen it before, but it sounds good. Yeah, it seems cool, and it, like, the animation certainly for this new one is nice, the, the art direction everything seems very, um, evocative. It seems cool. like it could be cool. Like, I don't know if this is a place to step in to a series, but if this is going to get localized, it might be worth looking into the stuff previous. Yeah. Always looking to fill in my, uh, the, the holes in my anime knowledge bank. That's what they call it. I mean, if there's holes in your bank, you've got a whole, all kinds of other problems. Yeah, People just come in and steal your anime Oh, no. Knowledge. Yen Press has licensed some new uh, light novels. Uh, again, we're going to talk about light novels. Okay, First of all, we have the, the, the original Sound Euphonium novel. Okay. Which that might be interesting. I, we've, we've talked enough about Sound Euphonium, but from what I understand, the book is a different direction. Like a lot of, uh, directorial edits were made to the anime and things that I'm not as interested about. So yeah. it might be worth looking into the uh the original series and kind of seeing if that plays out much different. Mm -hmm. Uh then there's uh Magical Girl Raising Project, which mm, there's an audience for it, for sure. I guess. So uh I guess they're picking that up. I it seems weird because I don't feel like the numbers for it in for like the anime series going on right now are particularly like good. I have not really heard any talk about it, I guess, so... Yeah, it seems like not many people are watching it or have kept up with it. But, I mean, <laughs> if the, if they're picking it up, I'm sure they'll find an audience for it. Yeah, I guess. Because I think we discussed... Uh, I discussed it before on that bonus episode for Halloween with a uh, friend of the show, QB, that it's it sort of pulls in Shonen fans and Magical Girl fans by giving them something that neither of them see very much. Okay. So there is an audience of particularly young people who might be into it. And then the manga for uh, Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash. Okay. Which I hear good things about. Certainly that anime uh, for the visuals alone. Yeah. Was given like a lot of, uh, given a lot of clout and attention. That's right. I can't tell about the content itself, but it. It's just cool to see these things coming over thanks to popularity through anime or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. 
We have the Card Captor Sakura TV series coming in 2018. Based All on right. that new manga that's coming out, that's been coming out from through this year. Called the Clear Card Arc. Uh, they, okay. they had said, uh, this year for the 20th anniversary, they were doing a new manga series. They had an anime announcement and a couple other stuff that they were doing. And so this is, I guess, the final announcement to fit it into this year is that the anime is coming two years from now. And it looks like they've basically got the entire main staff back. Like voice cool. cast, director, they're doing it back at Madhouse. Like that's, I think that's the most exciting part about that is being able to, what is it, 16 years after it happened, be mm-hmm. able to get this, this group back for another, uh, another adventure in that world. Yeah, one last flight. Cause I, is that a common thing in revivals? There aren't a lot of revivals, so I'm not positive, but it feels like one of those things they'd want to work towards. Uh, not really. Like, usually they'll get have a key member or two back, mm-hmm. like, at least one, but I don't think it's common for, like, entire swaths of the sta- of the staff to return. Okay. But still, that's, that could be cool. I, yeah. I, d- I like Cardcaptor Sakura a lot, so seeing another adventure of it, you know, uh, you know, 20 years down the line or whatever with new... to see how uh, Clamp may have uh, done with the story, it's going to be interesting, I think. All right. Uh, oh, so uh, obligatory Your Name news is not about how much money it's made. That's weird. But it is about how much money uh, people, the, the, the setting city has made thanks to pilgrimages and tourism, <laughs> which uh, rivals the amount of money that they've made for the movie. That's wild. 18.5 billion yen. Uh for the economy around the uh, town of Hida. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. Like, they have special, like, souvenirs and stuff to play into the story and everything, but still, like, 18 billion yen just on tourism is such a nuts number. Yeah. That's so wild. Oh, this, it, it really is amazing how much of, like, a, a phenomenon this movie is, especially for something that's not Miyazaki. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to see a movie still being able to be become such a cultural touchstone from out of nowhere in this day and age when in the United States like uh national box office numbers keep being disappointing. Like that's mm-hmm. been the thing for the past couple of years and then in Japan, you know, a new movie can just come out and break all the records or most of the records, I guess. It's breaking a surprising amount of records. Yeah. Your name is also the number one Japanese film in China of all time now. Okay. Having earned half a billion yuan. Like it, I think just everywhere it's be, it's this huge hit. I'm sure once, uh, Funimation announces the theater run, it's going to sell out like immediately. I hope so. Cause it is just an absolute like juggernaut in terms of like sales and everything yeah it really is because i think it's still in the theaters and i don't think a lot of movies get that sort of run especially in japan no but i, I mean as long as the tickets keep running in you know why yeah, would you stop? clearly they are it's yeah it's, it's now the second most popular like japanese animated film in japan in terms of sales it's nuts it's just the second most popular film in general right because it's also beaten out a bunch of disney movies now 
Um, yeah, I don't know if it's beaten out like a lot of other like English stuff, like a like a Harry Potter or something. Yeah. It's been a while since those those numbers have popped up, but it's certainly the second most popular animation. Yeah, God. Imagine if it beat out Spirited Away. Man, that oh, they, it would have to. That's a bit much. Yeah, I guess so. It's I'd just a like hard, to see that. It would be surprising for sure. Yeah. But I don't think it's getting much higher than... Oh, it's not getting much higher than 20 billion. You know, that very reasonable number. God. <laughs> Whatever. Chump change. Oh, speaking of revivals. They announced that they're doing a sequel to Code Geass. Oh. They haven't announced what it is, but they're definitely doing a sequel, and they're doing some compilation movies to prepare for it so people can... Remember what happened ten years ago. So, like, a sequel to the original show? Yes, the with okay. Lelouch. Yeah, not uh, like whatever that... What's that movie's series they were doing? Something The Exile. I mean, I'd hate to, like, break it to you, but spoilers, he dies at the end. What? Yeah, at the end... He dies at the end of R2. He gets killed by the, his friend, the British guy. The, look, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna read this straight from here. The big okay. news was plans for a Code Geass Lelouch of the Resurrection anime set several years after Zero Requiem, which the director says stars a Lelouch who is alive and not an alternate version. I mean, if, if he wouldn't have to be that specific if it wasn't for the fact that he died in the show, right? <laughs> I but guess, I also don't know what that other thing he was talking about was, like the... The Zero Requiem or whatever? I yeah, assume that's Zero, a story thing. I don't know what that is, unless that is the f event that happens at the end. Look, Lelouch, a Lelouch is alive and not an alternate version. Okay. Maybe I just, maybe they do reveal at the end that he's still alive and I just don't remember. Still, uh, man, Revival's weird. Because I feel yeah. like Code Geass, it still has permeated sort of like the the pop culture, I guess. Absolutely. Like, it's certainly still a thing that stays around. I think it's still one of the first, like... I don't want to say smart anime, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's probably like one of the most accessible anime of that, like maybe slightly higher shelf of intellectual depth, mm -hmm. sort of, that a lot of people watch. So in that sense, like, I think it, it, it continues to be popular, I guess. Yeah. That's that's another clamp revival if you think about it. Oh yeah, because they 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 did the character designs, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They're also doing um, original character designs for like a, a novel adaptation that's happening later this year. I guess clamps back. Oh, I feel like they haven't done anything for a while, or at least nothing like real standout. No, I guess I I wouldn't know either, but I also don't keep up with clamps, so they could be like super prolific and I wouldn't know about it. <laughs> right. Who who knows at this point? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure XXXholic or Subasa are still running. Oh yeah. So it turns out that Netflix uh so it got Kurumukuro this year. Yeah. One of the one of the shows it picked up. Apparently they've started releasing a dub of it now. Oh, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, so they, they, they did their normal thing where they wait until the time. I got confused because I thought this meant that they had held off on subtitles for, like, a season. <laughs> and I was like, what? No, it's, um, but they're, they're launching in other languages. And, okay. like, 
it's like nine languages of dub. It's not just English. It's it's wild. Yeah, I saw I, I saw that. They haven't like shown a cast or anything, and you know it doesn't say much about like you know what what plans they have or what you know what company they're going through. But if mm-hmm. Netflix is going through the work to like start dubbing stuff too, I mean that's pretty cool. I I still don't like their you know their release ideas. Yeah, me neither. I know that they've dubbed Little Witch Academia in a bunch of languages, or maybe they didn't. Maybe that was already done for them, but they're up mm-hmm. there. But that's that's a neat thing if they're like willing to go this extra mile to also dub these series for people who prefer that. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a it's a nice sentiment, if nothing else. I wish they'd go the extra mile for me and just put these shows out weekly. Yeah, because Japanese Netflix does. Yeah, and they do it for a bunch of their own shows too. Yeah, what the what the frick? Uh, this is it's disgusting. Yeah, it is. Maybe they won't this time. Like we don't know that yet. <sighs> I'm holding on to the hope. Here's the hopes. Uh, what I didn't know is that there's a Naruto Hollywood film in the works. Oh. Did did you know about this? Apparently got announced in, like, 2015? Or that they had the rights for it. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood studios get the rights to do stuff all the time and then don't do anything with it. Yeah, apparently Kishimoto himself is actually involved in it, though. So, I mean, like, I think they're they're pushing for it in some way or another. Oh, wow. Which is wild. That is wild, yeah. And then they have uh, a director picked out, too, at this point, um, who apparently hasn't done anything? Like, the oh. the only thing they have listed is The Greatest Showman, which is a thing coming out next year. Okay. And seems to be, like, a like a, a, a documentary, or, like, you know, like a, a dramatized documentary of the Barnum & Bailey Circus. Huh. So I don't know how that's going to then transfer to Naruto. I don't know. That's been the popular strategy with Hollywood movies lately. Uh, to just get a director who directed maybe like one kind of successful indie movie and throw them in the deep on like $200 million projects. <laughs> huh. Yeah, because they did it with, they're, they're doing it with Spider-Man. And I think they did it with, uh, they did it with the Fantastic Four movie. The the newer the new Fantastic yeah, Four yeah Fan okay. Four stick that was Josh Trank who directed a Chronicle okay yeah who's doing the Ghost in the Shell movie is that the same sort of thing or did they get someone famous for that uh I think the Ghost in the Shell movie is oh the Snow White and the Huntsman guy I just looked this up I mean that's a pretty big deal that got it a is sequel. a big deal but that's the, also the only thing listed here yeah so I mean it's just I don't know. Uh, that just seems like a weird thing to pick. Like, I guess it doesn't matter for like an English audience, though, in no. a way. Like, because you're you're not trying to hit, I think, the fan market. You're trying to hit a broader market. Well, you have to. I think. Yeah, because because you can't just uh, can't just rely on anime fans to go to see a movie. I mean, maybe you can for Naruto, uh, but that's maybe, like the one. Maybe because that I guess that does get a lot more kids in. Yeah. And that's a big thing. You just, you want to pull in as many kids as you can because they think ninjas are cool. And they are, but... You yeah. know. And now, uh, quick lightning round of things that got announced for sequels that I wanted to talk about. Boruto is getting an anime surprising no one. Oh. 
in April, they announced that they're getting, that Boruto's getting an official, like, TV anime sort of thing. But I have cleansed my hands, and I'm not gonna bother with it. This is... I still have to watch the movie, because I hear that's pretty good, at least. Or at least it looks good. The movie, and then apparently the manga so far has just been movie recap, basically. Oh, that's weird. So it looks like this TV thing is gonna be the first piece of, like, original work. As far as Boruto goes. Oh, yeah, because then it can't follow the manga, huh? No. So who knows? But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep my eye out on it, but I'm probably not going to... I don't feel the obligation to watch it. I don't know. I'm vaguely interested uh, because I think there's good parts in Naruto and there's a potential oh, sure. to the series as a whole. So I wonder what would happen if uh, a writer who can keep it all in one place properly would do with that. Maybe if it's not so grandiose. Maybe if it just yeah. wants to tell the small stories and not some big world-defining thing. Well, maybe it could, it could still be a grandiose story. It just has to be good. Yeah, I guess so. And I and I think it, it could be. But you never know. Yeah. All right, then we have uh, Sakura Quest, which is the new PA Works original series about, like, working people. Which follows after Shirobako, Shirobako, and, uh, Hanasaku Iroha, which is one I hadn't caught on to before as being a PA Works thing or fitting into this genre. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually thought that was JC stuff. Yeah, it's about like a, a Hot Springs Inn. So we have Hot Springs, then we have the anime industry. This is specifically about like tourism. And in, like, a, uh, kind of a, a country town. Okay. Which might be interesting, like, reviving a, a micronation tourism program through, uh, young people. Which, I, yeah. the way, just b based on Shirobako, I have a lot of faith in PA Works to make this sort of work look interesting, especially for something that just, like, does not exist outside of Japan. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't know if I could put faith into a, a studio like that, especially when like PA works. It's pretty uneven, I think. I don't know. I mean, based on their, I mean, based on the one original thing I know that is, I guess, of their, of this series. Yeah. It does seem like they they have a good, a good sense for that. But I guess I can't put a lot of faith in because it's a one a one series faith. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they never do good stuff. So right. You know. If nothing else, it still looks nice. It, I think their original style has a lot of charm to it. The PV did look pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Then we have a new Yu-Gi-Oh! series happening this spring, because Arc 5's ending. Yep. Which, uh, they haven't announced a lot of info. Basically, all we know is that the main character is named Yusaku Fujiki, and that he looks like he's got a space... <laughs> He he looks like he's got a race car on his head. He's got lots of wings. Yeah, he does. He looks. I think his hair is pretty good. Yeah, I know his hair is pretty good. He looks older, which I think is interesting. Hmm. Uh, he he looks like he's about high school age, and apparently this is for like, uh, they say that the theme is let's take one step forward and try it, and is for like kids who feel sort of like disenfranchised with them growing up and having to like you know learn uh become adults. Yeah. Which, uh, that's interesting, because that's not, that's a very different um, style than any of the other Yu-Gi-Oh's. Mm -hmm. Like, even uh, even just, like, on the base-base level, it's about someone who 
basically would be a villain. Like, he doesn't want to stand out, he doesn't want to make friends, and he eventually grows into it. Like, it's a very different direction to take the series, and that might be cool. I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if that sounds very villainous, you know, that's... Well, but but someone who would be, like, a Seto Kaiba. Like, maybe a rifle, not a villain. Maybe. I don't know. I think you could take that character a lot of different ways. That's basically what uh, the um, the 5D's protagonist is as well. I guess you have a little bit of you say there. Yeah. Yeah. But it should be interesting. I don't know. I, I really like Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I like it, too. Arc 5 is really good. Yeah, and I'm excited to see more. Let's just hope it's not a Zexel. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't. Oh. <laughs> Then we have um, the Cabinary uh, of the Iron Fortress got announced for a sequel anime in 2018. Right. Because this year they're going to be busy with uh, Attack on Titan Season 2. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I feel like with enough time off for an original project like this, maybe they have the time to, like, iron out some of the problems with the original series and come back with something that's cool and good. Iron out. That's good. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. That seems like a that seems like a weird one because I've Iron Cavalry very much felt like one and done to me. Yeah, it does feel like it doesn't need that. So I wonder if this is going to feel superfluous. Yeah, especially because the show was already running off fumes, if you will, by the end. Yeah, so, but I mean, like there are clearly more stories to tell, and I just wonder if they're going to try to make it maybe again a little less grandiose yeah. because the 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 plot. The overarching plot is where it started to derail <laughs> on the original series. We have to stop. It's getting okay. too much. Um, <clears throat> I think there's, there's, it could be good. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot of stumbling opportunities on the way. Oh, for sure. And I hope they manage to steer clear of those. Yeah, totally. Which you can't do on a train, so good luck. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, maybe the most exciting news, I feel. Okay. We have the Tommy Galaxy staff returning for a film. So Yuasa is directing a film by that same author of the Tatami Galaxy, mm -hmm. which looks mm -hmm. very good. It looked super good. It's called The Night is Short, So Walk, Girl. But it looks like it's in that same style, which is very good. It's very uh, ev evocative and, like, standout as a as a visual style. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same style, but it's a little more consistent, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, like, it's still very, it's still very, it's still a very free style, but it's just, um... I get it, like they they they've they have more of an opportunity to keep it clean now, I guess, or at least that's what it looked like from the trailer. Yeah, and then not only that, but you also announced that uh, they also have plans for another movie, another original film with the same character designer as like Tatami Galaxy and Ping Pong and stuff like okay. that that Yuasa's worked on, which could be cool. Yeah, and a third unknown original movie. Oh my god. Which I hope that Yuasa isn't just, like, being spread too thin on these sorts of things. Hmm. But yeah. the idea of more coming from that director seems really cool. It does. Because he's been gone for a little while, right? Um, I think the last thing was Ping Pong, and that was Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But just a lot, and just a lot of very good work. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited to see what else he can do. Me too. 2017 is looking, like, way good, and I'm Yeah, glad. 2017 has a lot of, I think, just big potential for stuff, just in, like, what series they've gotten. Yeah. And, oh, man, oh, I'm so, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. And speaking of which, I think, are we done with news? Yeah. 
All right, then speaking of which, we're going to talk about some of the anime that have a lot of potential. Yeah, and the rest of the anime, too. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know, they all deserve their fair shake. But we're not going to be the ones that give it to them. Right. <laughs> so, it's time for the winter 2016-2017 season roundup preview. Round them up, cowboy. Yeah, yeehaw. Starting off, uh, as we always do with the shows that are continuing into this season, mm-hmm. we have All Out, the rugby anime at yep. Madhouse. Still going strong. Yeah, it is it is not doing anything new. It's not innovating. It is. It just seems like a very solid character story and sports series. Yeah. Like, I think they're developing characters really well in this early part and making each match like, it lasts multiple episodes, but the tension is there throughout the whole thing. And it For feels like... a review episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, I'm looking forward to more of it, because now, that the, now that the characters have be, are being developed, it'll make the actual games that much more exciting, because they won't have to stop as much for these moments. Yeah. They'd have to really like... fumble it for me to drop it before the end of this season. <laughs> I thought you said we had to stop. What? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> and then also we have March Comes In Like a Lion, which is continuing on from Shaft. Yeah. And again, I, uh, I've i been liking that a lot. Yeah, me too. It's really good. Yeah, it tells it, it tells a really good story, and I think Akiyuki Shinbo is, is doing well with it. Just the way he directs kind of fits the style of the show. It's a little hit or miss, I think. Uh, but Yeah, I, I can see that. It could have been a lot worse, for sure. Like, he's still putting in solid work regardless. And mm-hmm. the rest of the staff, too. Yeah. And now, it's time for the new shows. Hell yeah. First up, very interested list. Mm-hmm. This is our A-list of things we're excited about. Little Witch Academia. The TV show. The TV show from Trigger, from the director of the uh, movies of Little Witch Academia. We get a TV yeah. series. I never thought it would happen. Yeah, um, it is one of those things that it always seemed like, oh, they keep making movies of it, and they're not going to actually make a TV series out of it, even though it's yeah. the best thing Trigger's done. Absolutely, I agree. That is uh, my opinion. But too. no, they, they announced this at the end of Luluco, more or less. B- basically, yeah. And then have confirmed it now. Uh, it's a 26-episode series, and I think they're... I don't think there's any recap. I think it's just more of like a... a retelling, in a way. Just like a fuller version of the stories told in the movies. It does seem that way, because just based on the preview, it seems like they're going to redo uh, Akko first getting to the school and like getting introduced to everything from the first movie. Mm-hmm. And there are characters in it that are exclusive to the second movie. So it it, it does look like they're going to at least cover some of the same ground. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I assume some of it's going to be covered, but it seems like it's going to be a lot more like just kind of you know, daily lives sort of adventures in magic school with these characters. Yeah. I think the characters are something that really shine in Little Witch Academia, so I'm excited to just see more of them and their interactions. Absolutely. Because I think it does have a good strong cast of, like, different diverse characters that Mm -hmm. all contribute something different to the story. Yeah, that's true. I think it's going to be really good uh, for this property to, like, have a like a series length of time to breathe because there's one thing about the movies that I feel like oh you know it would it would be nice if this could be different is that there's 
no time for us to just get to know the characters and hang out with them without anything going on because it's a 20 minute OVA and a 40 minute OVA very dense um and there's just very little time in both to just you know get to know characters just let things roll out a little bit which I think is something this universe would benefit from a lot Mm -hmm. yeah uh if it doesn't have like a big plot like you know if it doesn't have anything bigger than like one two episode arcs i think that really benefits the style as well mm-hmm. like there's no need to have this huge overarching story sort of thing going on yeah absolutely and make it a lot more about the characters and the 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 opportunities for that is what i'm really excited about with this series for those of you who don't know by the way little witch academia is about uh, a little girl called akko who sees um, who sees like a little a performance by a witch called uh, Shining Chariot, I believe, and then yes. she's like, "That's cool, I want to do that too." So she goes to the Little Witch Academia to become a witch, and then it's about the adventures of her and her friends at this at this wizardry school. Which it seems it, it is very like Harry Potter esque in sort of absolutely its, the way it builds its world and everything, but it seems a lot more open, like. Uh, that like Akko is not magical and is just like yeah I'm gonna learn magic and just goes to school like yeah a little less gatekeeping on that way and it just seems like a lot more vibrant and definitely a lot more into sort of like the fun of magic yeah totally especially with um Susie the uh the like potions friend that Akko uh-huh. makes who's just constantly like feeding people experimental things to see what <laughs> happens. I like all the anthropomorphic spells a lot. Like in the first movie, when they have to go into the dungeon, they make a little flame friend that walks along with them. Oh that's yeah, that's really good. cute. Yeah, and just like it, it is definitely like Trigger is no, I guess, regarded a lot for its sort of like very expressive animation. Yeah, and Little Witch Academia does that without ever sacrificing any sort of quality. It feels natural that like sometimes these heads just blow up to twice the size or whatever, like. <laughs> It it's just a very fluid, fun, free sort of art style. I really wonder how well they're going to be able to translate that into the show because the two OVAs and especially the first one are just like stunning visually. Right. And now you know, twenty six episodes, two core on a TV budget. You know, with Kill a Kill, they didn't really pull it off. Uh, like to keep the quality consistent throughout the whole show. Uh, with Ninja Slayer, which already had the bar set super low, they couldn't <laughs> keep it equal all the way through. They, and you know, they haven't done a TV series like this. What does that mean? Like the only other real TV series that they've done where like quality was an issue, if you'll you'll regard that is like um, what the when supernatural battles become commonplace. Like that's the only one where they're not like doing sort of a jokey half animation style. I guess so, but you can you can still tell that something had to give at a certain point in like most of their previous shows. This that's an especially worrying thing is like they haven't really had to do anything like this on this schedule. Yeah, it does benefit that it's split core, so it's going to be thirteen a break and then thirteen more. That is good. So there is there is a break there for them to sort of be able to catch back up if things go wrong. Mm-hmm. But also, it won't matter because we won't see it till the end of the season, anyways. Oh, that's right. Because it's on Netflix. It's which on makes Netflix. sense because Netflix has the rights to the, the movies as well. Yep. But still it's unfortunate true. because it means we can't cover it till next season. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the things we do for you. And not getting arrested. 
Mostly that second thing. I'd hate getting arrested. Yeah. Speaking of getting arrested... Oh! Sort of, I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Next up on the list, we have ACCA 13 Ku Kansatsuka, or sort of translated to ACCA 13, the monitoring section, uh, which we're both watching as well. And it's yeah. being produced by Madhouse and directed by Shingo Natsume, your favorite director and mine, uh, who has previously directed One Punch Man and Space Dandy Season 2, and he was an episode director and key animator on the Tatami Galaxy. And this is written originally, this is an adaptation of a manga by Natsume Ono, right? Natsume Ono, yes. Who yeah. is also the writer of House of Five Leaves. Which also I hear is very good. Yes, that's like my favorite, one of my favorite manga authors. So this is like a, a dream team for me personally, and I think for a lot of other people as well. So tell tell the audience about what ACCA or ACA is. Alright, so basically what the story is about, it's about this kingdom in which the like individual provinces or what have you are controlled by these companies, and then these are called the ACCA. And within these companies, there are sort of like, uh, these companies have to like self-govern and they also have to, what's the word? Um, they also have to self-balance, like they have to keep themselves in control. And for that purpose, they have an inspection agency to make sure that everything's running smoothly and no one gets, does any corruptive business. Um, and to that end, we follow the adventures of Jin the Cigarette Bum as he goes around <laughs> on business trips. Making, Yeah, it is a good name. It's because he's always smoking. <laughs> and he goes around, he checks on the personnel and how everything's going. And that's the that's the name of the game. That's what it's about. Uh, this manga is ending soon, isn't it, as well? I think so, yeah. So we might see a full series adaptation depending on how long the actual manga is. Uh, it's pretty, well, not pretty long, but it's, I think, about seven or so volumes. It's sizable. Yeah, that's that's long for an adaptation, to, or for, like, a 13-episode adaptation to cover. Yeah, so, uh, we're not sure, but, I mean, uh, this it seems very cool. It seems very stylish from the PVs. Yes, absolutely. Like, very kind of jazzy, very sort of, like, po you know, like, a sort of political intrigue without what seems to be, like, the big conspiracy stuff that seems to plague that sort of genre. Yeah. I mean, I would tell you, but no one's translated the manga yet or anything. They, like, so. people have just started thanks to this announcement. Yeah, that's, man, that's wild to me. Like, this is an important author, damn it. This should be out there. Get on it, Viz. Uh, people talk about House of Five Leaves a lot and its distinctive art style. Mm-hmm. Mostly in negative terms. And, you know, I think they're horseshit, but, you know, just yeah, based I don't on what I've seen I don't agree it. with that either. Um, but it seems like Akka definitely also has a very distinctive art style to it. Yeah, not as much. Not, as, like, as much of an art style that is makes people inclined to say, no, right. please don't. But, like, you can see in the eyes how they're done differently in the noses. Yeah. And things like that. There's just, like, these very fundamental things that are different. Yes. I don't know. It looks very cool. Um, it does. It does. It does. Like not not high action or anything. It looks like it just it has you know the thing it wants to do and it it seems to be doing it well from this PV. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious where the plot is going to go because the premise is pretty extensive, uh, mm -hmm. but you don't 
you know, it's it's more like a setup. We don't really know what's actually going to happen in the show. So I'm very curious as to where they're going to take this basic setup for a world. Right. Like, is there a bigger plot? Is it just going to be 13 episodes and 13, you know, in 13 districts? Just kind of an episodic sort of thing? Who knows? Oh my god, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, like, maybe that, that possibility is right there. Yeah. So who knows? I, I'm interested, though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then last on our A-list, which is surprising, I feel like this is the shortest A-list we've ever had. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Is, uh, Shog and Roku, Rakugo Shinju, Season 2. Yep. Back at Studio Dean, presumably with the same director. Not sure, though. Yeah, I don't know what it is about sequels, but, uh, or like second seasons of shows, but it seems like a lot of the times, uh, staff doesn't get announced for sequels. Maybe because they do assume that it's just going to be the same, more yeah, or less. Yeah, I guess so. But it's not, it isn't always, you know, so it's a little bit weird. But there you go. Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju was a big surprise, I think, in, the like, last year. I think also winter. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I was certainly surprised at how much I got into it, because uh, I think, like, a lot of things we talk about, is it's about a very Japanese thing that just doesn't translate to uh, English. Yeah, totally. To, to, like, American or, you know, like, European uh, art styles, for sure. Because mm-hmm. it's sort of, like pseudo one-stage play comedy stand-up sort of thing going on. It's something that even in this age of, you know, I don't want to call it Japanophilia, but you know what I'm talking about, in the West, it's still something that hasn't been brought over at all, uh, which is surprising. Like, if something doesn't manage to make the cut overseas, then it must be something that doesn't export well, uh, which I guess it isn't. So it's weird that something like that, or not weird, but it's cool that something like that still managed to be good in our eyes. Yeah, and um, so the the manga ended, so this is going to tell the full story. Okay. And we saw with the first season, it was predominantly, like, set up, as it were. Yeah. Like, it gave us this initial, like, 40-minute episode that was about, sort of, the current times, the main characters it's going to follow, and then mm-hmm. gave us 11 episodes of backstory on his teacher. Yeah, I was going to say, they're going to go back to the present for this now, right? Yes, they're they're okay. more or less said at the end of that, that they're, like, they're done with the flashbacks. It's now about the story of that first main character. Oh yeah, I still haven't finished the first season. You shot gotta, it. Oh. I gotta get on that. I know. Yeah, it's really good. You gotta, you gotta prep for that. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, um, a second season of that just sounds really good because I'm, uh, we see characters in the flashback, and then the characters in the modern times are sort of, they're like mirrors of characters that we saw before. We see, because it seems like the story is a lot about the the teacher of Rakugo, and sort of the p- interactions he has with people so fundamentally, um, like, opposite from how he handles himself. Right, yeah. And I think it's it's going to be cool seeing forward how that story develops and where it goes. Because we still don't really know what the direction of the plot is, as it no. were. So it, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to consider going forward. And I'm yeah. very excited to see how that turns out. Me too. Plus, seeing, see, seeing a look into an art style like this that just, you know, doesn't really have a translation is neat. Yeah. It doesn't always work like I 
and definitely got hit with some like secondhand embarrassment on like, off of like a bad performance from the first season. Yeah, but that's where that's where you're supposed to feel, you know. That just means you're empathizing. Yes, and but like the stories and stuff that they tell and the way that it plays into then the episodes and the the arcs of these characters is very neat. Yeah, I very much got sucked in on this show. Like a lot of work has been put into to sort of the theming and the structure, and it's it's just very cool. I'm very excited to see how the end of that series goes. Yeah, it's very surprising that for something that is so wrote in its presentation as Rakugo is that they still presented it so directly and honestly in the anime whereas mm-hmm. usually when it comes to like presenting any art they will exaggerate it a little bit to give it you know good dramatic effects and flair yeah uh you know like i don't know uh bakuman and the comics or a manga uh shirobako and anime you know it's there to make it f- flow a little better as a story Mm-hmm. creating art and i think this show doesn't really do that as much um but it still works and that's commendable and i hope they continue to make it work like the most it does to spice up things is to add background music yeah like otherwise <laughs> you are just watching someone perform and it doesn't really like pull any weird punches about that yeah so yeah i don't know it's cool uh i'm i'm very excited me too i'm glad they got to make another season of this I'm sure this was pre-decided based on oh, when they yeah, announced that so. the manga was over. But yeah, it's it's great that they get to finish it. Yeah. I mean, they could have gone bankrupt after the first season. Oh, maybe. You're right. But yeah, Studio Dean, like, Studio Dean is um not particularly well-respected. It's It gets yeah. a bad rap. And not entirely undeserved. No. But I think, especially with this series, they're, they're putting in a lot of, they're putting in a lot of work to make it, to make it work. Yeah. Like, keeping the style and everything, because it is it is also a very distinctive art style. Absolutely. Um, and just, like, they, they seem to be putting a lot of man effort against uh, on this, and I it's just, it shows. It shows. Yeah. I think the first season definitely had a lot of really beautiful-looking moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also had, like, the telltale Studio Dean signs of choosing really weird and opaque ways of cutting corners. Uh, and I wonder now that they're working on the second season of the same show. You know, they kind of, they have the ropes in the hands already. I wonder if they'll be able to maybe go about that a little bit better. Yeah, that'd be nice to see. Mm-hmm. Nothing else, maybe it'll be cleaned up for Blu-rays or something. Yeah. Oh. Huh. They're actually kind of packed this season, so we'll have to see. I don't know how big Dean is. Yeah, me neither. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Right now... It's time to go to our sort of interested list, the things that we, we, we're going to watch, but we're not as sure about the quality of them. And boy, howdy, am I sort of interested in this first show. I this, this show is like half a curiosity for me, but I also believe that it could be good. Yeah, me too. So this is Seiren, uh, being at two studios I don't think I've heard of before. Axis? Yeah. But with like a Z, and then Studio Gukomi. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard of Studio Gukomi before. And the director isn't anything special. It's the director of uh, Akagami Got Kill and Hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of which are like particularly like artsy shows, I guess. No, I mean, Hundred a little bit maybe. Maybe Hundred comes alive. The director also worked on, I guess, what this is a spinoff of. So Seiren is related to a series called Amagami. Oh my God, is it? Yes. I didn't even know that. So, are you familiar with Amagami? I 
I, I recognize the name, and I roughly know what it's about. Okay, so Amagami is a adaptation of a visual novel, I believe. It's a dating sim, I think. Yeah, a dating sim. Yeah. And the it, its style of presentation is different than a lot of others. Because instead of making a long series about one character's arc, basically, like ending with a true end, what it does is it does sort of an omnibus thing where it'll separate a certain number of episodes for an entire character's arc and then move on to the next one and let the the other girls who aren't important play, like, background roles for that. Yeah. And Seiren, I believe, is a spinoff of Amagami. I believe it happens at the same school with okay. different characters. I don't even know why it's not just called an Amagami game, then. That's kind of strange. Yeah, I don't know. But the uh, the director for this, uh, Tomoki Kobayashi, also did work for Amagami SS++. Okay. So there is a, a connection there with it. And hmm. I don't know. Um, I think that's a very unique way to handle sort of like a dating sim without like a, a full story, as it were. Yeah. I do think it's really weird also. Yeah, it is weird. But I, I, I don't know. I hear a lot of great things about uh, Amagami's presentation and the characters in it. Okay. So I don't know. I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to give this one a shot. I think I I the character designs are simple, mm-hmm. but I think they work well for the setting it's trying to give. It's just very much a these are these are kids in high school and they're going to uh, fall in love. Yeah. Like a very just typical thing. It's very simple to the point, and I think it has the potential to be very sweet. I don't know, that's that's sort of my interest in it, is knowing that it's attached to Amagami, which I've heard good things about. I am watching this solely on the strength of the PV, which just had really nice art. It was very uh, Kiwani-esque. Yeah, totally. And so the, there are six characters, but only three of them are going to be covered in this season. I'm going to assume it's a season and that there's a potential for more. Yeah. So it's three characters with four episodes each. Okay. And we'll see how that presentation works. But I mean, it's... It's it's definitely, like, a unique way to handle that sort of genre, something that's not seen a lot, and I think it has the potential to work, because it sort of is, it is something for everyone in the same way that, like, Udapri never deciding which boy she's gonna date, you know, is something <laughs> for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It just handles in a different way, instead of, like, oh, I couldn't possibly choose, you'll all be my girlfriends going into college or whatever, it's like... No, these are just distinct stories of this is how it could have gone. Yeah. I think that's nice. Then next up, we have uh, The Dragon Dentist, or Ryu no Haisha. Yep. Being done at Studio Kara. Mm-hmm. By, not Ano Hideaki. Yeah, it's by his second-in-command, Kazuya Tsurumaki. Uh, who directed the Gunbuster sequel spinoff, Die Buster, as well as Fooly Cooly, and the first two or three, I'm not entirely sure, of the Rebuild move- movies, and was a co-director on End of Evangelion. I think he's a... Ano Hideaki is also director on Rebuild of Evangelion, so he is like yeah. a co-director. I think Ano Hideaki is only... Why are we, why are we doing it that way? It's the other way around uh, for us. Sorry, I... I grew up with people saying Ano Hideaki and not Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, so. that's fair. Um, I think Hideaki Ano is creative director on the movies. I don't think he's super hands-on with them, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong. That's just the impression I get. He's he's certainly writing them all. Yeah. 
That he is. So this is Studio Kara's first real, like, air quotes, TV anime project. <laughs> it's not really, it's two episodes of 45 minutes, but they still have to air it on a time slot, you know? It's not like they have forever to work on it like a movie or like the Animation Expo stuff. Yeah. Which this is based on, uh, what, like an eight-minute Animation Expo thing that Studio Kara did? Like the first thing that that uh, series got? Yes. And they announced, like, near the end of it that they were going to turn something into a full anime at Studio Kara, and it turned out to be this. Which well, is exactly as described. I wouldn't call this a full anime. I can't believe Ono lied. Again. Or they're making an anime project, I guess. I yeah, think it's okay. the actual wording. Oh, okay, alright. Okay, he didn't lie. He only lied once, then that's okay. Right. But yeah, it is exactly as it sounds. It is, in fact, about... Uh, someone who is a dentist for dragons. Mm-hmm. Because that dragon protects the the city they're in, I think, or the country they're in. Could be. It's a it's a big fantasy adventure about a guy who cleans dragon teeth. Sweet. I wonder if that's hard, or if it's like uh, those tiny birds that clean crocodile teeth. It's like a mutual beneficiary, beneficial society. It must be. Like, the, they clean the dragon teeth so the dragons don't eat them and, like, attack them. Yeah. I feel like that's the only way it works out. Well, no, maybe it'll be, like, maybe the dragon actually fights having his te- teeth cleaned and it'll be, like, a big action scene. Oh, maybe. That would be cool. I don't know. Apparently it's, it seems like it builds into something bigger from the uh, from just the description, but I don't know. Yeah. This is certainly a curiosity because Studio Car hasn't had to stick to a schedule clearly uh before this <laughs> god damn i don't know the first three rebuild movies uh came out pretty timely i think certainly not the uh english blu-rays for the uh, third one but yeah i don't know if that's on them or not i mean you know if i were coming off a of neon genesis evangelion's hellish production and then was given free reign to do whatever i wanted for the rest of my life i also wouldn't be keeping to any schedule ever again i guess so yeah but, um, yeah, I, I don't know if Studio Kara wants to, like, after Rebuild, like, move into doing TV stuff again. Like, they haven't really announced anything besides, yeah, we kind of want to do more Evangelion. <laughs> like, I don't know if they want to do more TV stuff, but this is an interesting look into what they could do with it. Yeah. Because they've still had plenty of time to prep it and everything, but it's going to be interesting seeing if, you know, everything still works out for them, depending on when the two episodes are supposed to air. Yeah. I'm mostly curious what it'll look like when they finally launch a full TV show and, like, how well well they'll be able to handle that pressure, I guess? Yeah. Because uh, the Rebuild movies all look great, and this might look great, too, but this is still, like, a limited release. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder, like, what it would be like if they just had to measure up to other TV anime production studios. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, It should be interesting, though. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. I'm I'm curious about it because I didn't really catch any of the the Animator Expo stuff when it was available, so I don't really know about the or- origin of this. But uh, I mean, people seem to like it. A lot of people talk about just the expo in general. So Studio Kara did good on that end. A lot of cool shorts do come out of uh, a lot of cool shorts. Cool shorts do come out of Animator Expo. I haven't seen yeah. this one specifically yet, though. I guess I'll have to cut my teeth on that at some point. So next up, so all of these shows before now, and then me and Jordan both watching them, both getting back into it, this is the first time we make a split. Yeah. So 
first, my my choice for this one is Urara Merocho or Urara Labyrinth. Done at JC Staff by the director of A World Where Dirty Jokes Don't Exist and episode director on uh, Awehana and Toradora, mm-hmm. uh, Yohei Suzuki. And this is my slice of life Moe Blob pick of the season. <laughs> Slap a little sticker on the screen. <laughs> um, so this is about uh, characters who show up to become basically like maidens, like shrine maidens. Mm-hmm. And they, if they, then they meet more uh, Moe Blobs who want to become shrine maidens and they hang out. Um, it's, it doesn't say a lot about it. It's just like, uh, this one has a very particular reason for wanting to be like the top shrine maiden of this, of this country. And then the other girls are there and they have, uh, they are very different is all it says. Oh, and but, they'll uh, have shrine maiden adventures. Yeah, they'll have good, yeah, one of them's going to be a fortune teller's apprentice and like, I don't know. I, I still want to believe that like slice of life stuff is good. JC staff made a really good one. Last, uh, or I guess, yeah, this, this last year with Flying Witch. Mm-hmm. And is, you know, there's no, there's no connections besides director, but I think the way that they have handled other slice of life stuff before this is good, and this has the potential to be fun. Yeah. But I can't say much more about it besides, yep, it's definitely like a slice of life Moe blob thing. I'm interested in this, but I definitely have to, like, hear the word on it before I take that plunge in. Yeah, I get that. Because sure. yeah. I feel the same way about the thing that you picked. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, Onihei by Studio M2, uh, directed by Shigeyuka Miya, director of Blood Lad um, and Buzzer Beater, both movies that I really like. And it is about a man called, uh, let's see if I can pronounce this right, Heizo <laughs> Hasegawa, who was a um, like the chief officer protecting Edo. Uh, during the Tokugawa shogunate times, uh, he's protecting it from bandits, and he's sort of considered to be like a a, a devil because of how good his sword skills are. I'm pretty sure he's not a real person, I, and he but he could be, and he has just escaped my knowledge so far. But I don't know. I'm just I'm way down for any like Japanese historical drama. I'm way into that sort of thing. The the. <laughs> the description for it is basically incomprehensible. I feel. It is written a little bit weird, yeah. A lot of very long sentences. Yeah, it's written in, like, an old style, it feels. Yeah. But it seems like he might be, like, part, uh, like a, like a ancient Japanese lawyer sort of thing. Like, he talks about sustaining safety and suppressing thieves and criminals. I don't know if that always means, like, kill or if it's also, like, subdue. Oh. And arrest. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. people refer to it, I've seen people refer to it as, like, ancient Japanese phoenix right, and I don't know if that's, like, at all right based on it. Or that could be. I haven't actually... I know it's based on a novel. I haven't actually, like, done any more research into it. Mm-hmm. I just hit that watching button right as soon as I saw the artwork, you know? <laughs> just slam that motherfucking button. Yeah, if you up, and I am, very much. Right. But also, there's no trailer out for this or anything, and the website is no more enlightening than the description. Yeah. So... So he is the head of the special police, so that's yes. that's basically it. Mm-hmm. So who knows what it actually comes down to. But yeah, it could be very interesting. I wanted to wait to hear about what it actually is. Yeah, I can understand that. Before it went deeper into that. Yeah. Like, it just feels like one of those things, like, I, I still don't really know what it is, so I'd like to wait to hear impressions. Yeah. 
This is definitely the one that I'm most likely to get burned on, I think, just based on how little I know about it. But mm. I still have high hopes. Right. Director seems good. Yep. What is Studio M2? I have no idea. Oh, that's, um, right. Studio M2 is... Oh, they're the Zebec studio, right? No, uh, M2 is the new studio by the founder of Madhouse and MAPPA. Okay. So, founder of Madhouse, who then left to start MAPPA, who then started the secondary, like, secondary MAPPA thing. Which is why it's M2. Okay. So, they have done. They haven't done anything. Okay, see, I got confused because there's also a studio called Zebec M2. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a different thing. Okay. Yeah. So, who knows? Uh, I mean, Madhouse, MAPPA, both known for uh, good animation, if nothing else. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, when they're feeling it. Right, I mean, when they're working hard. Yeah, uh, well... When they're not overstuffed. Yeah, there you go. Because I think, like, Madhouse, big enough that it's not as much of an issue. Uh, MAPPA, a little smaller. Yes. So maybe with a secondary studio, they can put more people in on it. I hope so. And that's all the shows we're watching. Yeah. It's like... A little sparse this season. It's kind of sparse, Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more maybe maybe nots where I really want to hear other people tell me about it before I want to jump in. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of it's going to come if we watch more shows. I don't know. For me, a lot of the maybe maybe nots are still ones that I would need a, a very hard sell on. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. Um, some of these for sure. Yeah. Starting off, speaking of Tokugawa Times, I think. Right. I think yes. that's what uh, Gintama is set in. Yes, pretty sure. Yeah, same old studio, same same boys, same team. It's the final story arc, I'm pretty sure, of Gintama. Yeah, I believe they are I believe they are finishing Gintama at the same time they're finishing the manga. Mm-hmm. It's it's maybe this is the time to jump in on Gintama. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> I'd only have to catch up on several hundred episodes. <laughs> The overarching story isn't that important. Um, well, it is, but they'll catch you up every time it, it, sure. it comes back. Because I hear, like, sometimes when it gets serious, it's really good, like that uh, Shogunate assassination arc. There are really good serious moments in Gintama, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I mean, it's cool to see that it's ending this... I mean, legitimately, if it's ending, this might be the time to, like, start actually catching up on it. Yeah, maybe. I also appreciate that the way Gintama handles sequels is just to put, like, different punctuation at the end. <laughs> yeah. Because what was it? It was regular Gintama, then it was a, uh, a uh, an apostrophe, then it was a degree sign, and now we've got just a period. Yep. Because it's a period piece. Right, It's and it's signaling the end oh my of God. the series. You're right. It's deep. Just yeah. like Gintama. I know you stopped watching the latest Gintama series after some point. Yeah, because it, it was just a sequence of bad episodes. Or mm. episodes that didn't resonate with me, so I wasn't feeling it. Would you go back? Yeah, I think so. At some point. Yeah, at some point to finish this out? Definitely, because I got so far, it, it'd be weird to just drop it for such a small reason. And it seems like uh, Gintama actually ending on this time is like the one thing that other big shonen series really wish they could do. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it's happening at a pace that the guy is happy with. Yeah. I mean, a lot of big shonen anime wish they could end properly. Right. Instead of just being cut off halfway through. Or at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I might actually start, like, looking back at old Gintama just to see about it. I do recommend it. It's very good. Yeah. 
Uh, next up on this list, the the Chain Chronicle movies. Yes, they're movies. Yeah, uh, but they're they're getting picked up by Crunchyroll, so we we're adding that to this list. Yeah, some of them are already up. I think. Yeah, the first movie is up. Yeah, it's being done at Telecom and uh, Graphenica by the director of. Uh, this isn't uh, as big a sell, which is like the Bleach movies and Recon and uh, Hayate the Combat Butler. I don't know. The Bleach movies are pretty good. Okay. I'm willing to believe it. Yeah. But Chain Chronicles based off of like a mobile game? Yes. But it's, it seems like one of those like uh, Rage of Bahamut where it's sort of like this is the, the trappings that we're going to put it in and we're just going to tell our fantasy story in it. Yeah. Like, not as concerned as being, like, a big selling point, or, like, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's not supposed to sell the game, because I think also the game failed in American markets. Oh, damn. I believe Shane Chronicle already tried to come over. I think so, too. It, it did sound familiar when I was first looking at this. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know. Um, I'd have to hear more about it. The animation did look nice from the clips I saw of it. Yeah, it's too bad the PV was comically interlaced. Did you see that? Uh, I didn't. Okay. Was it, it really was, bad? It was really bad. Like, it was based, the image was basically divided into, like, five pixel high rows. Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever, you've seen a video that's like that? Yeah. Once or twice. Yeah, it was, it was that was unfortunate. There have been some other weird interlacing issues on, like, Crunchyroll specifically and Funimation. Yeah. Like, I know Keijo had that issue. Yeah, well, no, that was, uh, that was not interlacing, that was... Anti-aliasing. Well, I think it was interlacing. Yeah, no, yeah, that was, that was aliasing, yeah. Right. Yeah. And lately, their their subtitles have been really bad, is what I noticed. Like, something changed at one point, and now they all look, like, really sharp on my screen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Weird. So, like, they changed something, and now I guess it's less scalable to lower resolutions. Huh. I don't know. That's weird. But yeah, so that's, that's Chain Chronicle. Yeah, I think the costumes for this look really cool. Yeah, for sure. It... It definitely looks like it's it's doing what it whatever fantasy thing it wants to well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least in the animation department. Yeah, I mean, if if other people say, like, oh, it's a cool thing that isn't just like, oh, what if we turned, you know, gotcha elements into plot devices or whatever. Yeah. Like, other ones, like, uh, what was it, Indride does that. Mm-hmm. I think Puzzles and Dragons X does that. Like, things like that. I think it's better to take the trappings that you've given it and make a full story out of it than try to then try to be like, oh, this is just an advertisement for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh next one is uh Chiruran uh Nibun no Ichi at Land yes. Q by a, a director that we have no notes on. And it's it's a it seems like it's sort of a comedy version of like the Shinsengumi. So again, yeah. going back to that same period that we've been talking about multiple times. Yeah, well, this was this is like super late period Tokugawa Shogun. Yeah, this like this would be like right at the end. Yeah, Matthew Perry's boats are already like getting loaded up, ready to go to Japan. Right, and uh, I don't know. I mean, like that that setting has plenty to work with. Like they made Bakamatsu Rock, which was basically that, but with like sick guitar solos. Yeah. So like, I don't know. That's it's not something that's like completely out of ideas for how to make it interesting or, like, develop. But it's also just, like, comedy shorts are, I think, a lot more hit or miss than, like, even comedy series. Yeah. Because I think shorts will generally rely a lot more on, like, singular gags. And that's where that's where it kills me. Yeah, I can get that. 
So I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I thought I thought it looked pretty cool. Like I, I like stories that are just like some person retelling an adventure they went on in the past. But like really like goofy. Yeah. Well it doesn't have to be. I just think it's um I always think the flair that a literal in universe storyteller adds. Yeah, I you get You can do that. a lot of cool stuff with that, I think, and I hope they do some fun stuff with that on this show. Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. This next one's all you. Yeah. So this is uh I I still don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to assume it's Eidlive. I think, yeah, Eidlive, maybe? Eidlive, maybe. A- I don't... Eidlive. I'm not sure. Done at Studio Piero, um, by the, by, uh, directed by Takashi Furuta, who did, like, the recent Saint Seiya series, and the recent Udapri. Um, this is by the same author as, uh, Akakio Hitman Reborn. Oh, okay. Which, I I have watched I think the first arc of that and it's not like bad. Hmm. It's definitely got like early two thousands shonen pacing issues with like filler and stuff. Okay. But on its whole, I think it's a it's it's an interesting sort of story and like the way that they handle sort of the the shonen battle tropes in sort of like goofy mafia esque style is charming. Yeah. And this seems almost exactly like that, except they're space cops. <laughs> And they have, like, alien friends that give them powers. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know much about, uh, this series besides the connection with Hitman Reborn. But, like, I'm willing to believe it's good, but I want to hear someone else tell me that first. Okay. Uh, did this get delayed? Because I could have sworn I heard about this, like, two seasons ago. I think they announced it several seasons ago as just having been picked up. Because. Okay. They. There's like an art show at, that was traveling around Japan based on this author. Okay. And so they did new, like animation stuff, like PVs for this and updated versions of Reborn hmm. to show off. So I think that's why it was announced so early. Oh, okay. It's because with that yeah. art show. I think now I know why I recognized it. It's because it's been on the TBA page, a live chart for so long. Yeah. And the name, you know, it's a name that sticks with you. Yeah, it is because it's stylized weird and has. Yeah, I don't know if you're supposed to pronounce that E different, because it's got the long symbol over it. Yeah. Maybe it is E to lie. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Space Cops with Alien Friends doesn't sound like such a bad thing. No. You can make that work. So, yeah. I'll wait wait to hear something else about it. Alright. This one's me. Uh, It's Grand Blue Fantasy the Animation, done at A1 Pictures, uh, directed by Yuki Ito, the director of uh, one of the... I think that's the first... Nanaho one, Maho Shoujo. Lady no, that's Oracle, that's Nanaho one. Vivid. That's one of the most recent ones. Oh yeah, Vivid. you're right. You're right. Uh, co-directed, like directed by two people actually, because there's also someone called Ayako Kurita, the animation director on Inuyasha. He's also directing it. I assume it's a he. I'm sorry, I don't know. Um, Grand Blue Fantasy is like the biggest gacha mobile game in Japan at the moment. Uh, right up there with I think the other one that happens this season. But continue. Grand Blue is huge. Yeah, it's absolutely colossal. Like, they're, the company that owns it has, like, started a whole studio just for making big console games just because they got so much money they don't know what to do with. And for, Grand Blue Fantasy also is fascinating because it's one of the... It, it is a gotcha that just absolutely full of people doing collabs with it. Like, from yes. other series and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. And that pulls in other people. It's a, this 
it's this massive, like, Ponzi scheme. <laughs> you could call it that. Because, like, I remember hearing about Grand Blue Fantasy in a big way because, like, Soccer Wars characters made it in. Like, Soccer Wars hasn't existed for, like, ten years. Mm-hmm. They do that with Puzzle and Dragons, too. Like, that's just such a wild... Yeah, like, Puzzle and Dragons is the only other thing to compare it to, but, like, Grand Blue Fantasy is, like, for teens and young adults and people who have a lot of money to spend compared yeah. to Puzzles and Dragons. And this is just absolutely massive. Yeah. There's basically nothing to go off of for this show. There's no one who said anything about a premise, and the mobile game itself, I don't think, really has a premise. It might have lore. I don't know. I think it has lore, and it has, like, stories. Like, you definitely play through stories. Okay. Um, but I like the character designs of Grand Blue Fantasy every once in a while. Uh, it's very wholesome. It's, I think, about 90 to 95% women. Uh, percent women. And not sexy. Yeah, not a lot. Like, all the armors are legit for the most part. All the, like, magicians are wearing proper magician outfits. Like, every once in a while there's one that's a little weird. But I think for the most part it's, it's solid and every once in a while there's a character design in there that I think, damn, that's actually really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, if they put, like, a good story in there and it looks decent, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, the art style is certainly distinct. Yeah, well... I mean, yeah. like, if you look at the game stuff, like, the way that they shade and stuff seems very... Yeah. Like, not a bunch of people do. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. More fantasy. Uh, Ray Kenzon, Season 2, Stardust Banquet. Return of the Gags. Yeah. <laughs> Studio D promises more gags. <laughs> I have it here because if they ever brought over the first season, maybe I'd watch it. I want gags. I love gags. Yeah, me too. I could take a whole nine of them all at once. Yeah. Don't, actually don't take that many. Yeah, I I would probably not be able to appreciate any of them. Like, I could barely hear the difference. And the director for this is uh, Susumu Nishizawa, who, not sure if they did the first season, because I don't think a lot of information about that's around, but director and storyboard for, like, Hikaru no Go? Yeah. And, like, other things that, like, people care about, so, I mean, it's, it, it could be, I don't know, I literally don't know, because no one subbed it, there were no raws <laughs> of it online, like, this is, <laughs> this made it nowhere online, and it's fascinating in that way. I don't know, I think it does look like a show that absolutely no one would care about. Oh, t- it, it's very generic, I think, and it's, and how it looks. Yeah, that's true. But a lot of shows that look like that, to me, end up having a lot of people care about them. So I'm obviously not a good arbiter of that. But yeah, but this is the one. This is the one no one cares about. Yeah, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while there's just a weird schism in the anime community, and everyone forgets. How have 10,000 people voted for it on my anime list when it doesn't exist? Maybe that's all. Maybe that's Studio Dean employees. <laughs> trying to take the gags international but it's just not happening oh no it does look like someone finally picked it up for at least fan subs so I mean it does exist alright thank goodness but it looks like most of it happened like after it aired well you, you gotta take what you can get someone's doing the lord's work here the anime lord's work yeah I don't know I, I would like to if it, if it does get picked up by someone else it'd be good yeah yeah I'm willing to believe it. Uh, next one, I have a lot harder time believing that it's going to be good. Yeah, I don't. This one's actually not supposed to be here anymore. I was going to move it to, but whatever. You know, it's here. I 
I'm gonna, I'll, t- I'll bear the shame of putting it here and talk about it. We hacked it. up. We'll talk about it. This is uh, Kuzu no Honkai, or Scum's Wish. Yep. Done by uh, Studio Infamous, in my eyes, Laersh. Yeah, is that so? And by Masaomi Ando, the director of Gakogarashi. Don't you ignore me. And my album, too. <laughs> and Muv Love Alternative. Which, yeah. ooh, that's a rough... Well, that's a, that's a rough... That's two out of three is real rough there. Yeah. White Album 2 is pretty good. I've come around on a, in a big way on White Album. Well, no, I mean the other two things. Yeah, I, I know. I was saying White I, Album's I good. Yeah, yeah, White Album's pretty good. Um, So here's the thing, right? Uh-huh. I think there's there's no such thing as a bad premise. Most of the time. Okay. Uh, anime, anime is like the one exception to that. Sometimes there's a bad premise. Right. Uh, But I think you can make a good thing out of something, out of a premise that maybe makes you wince a little bit. And in this case, it's a story about... A girl and a boy who are in a relationship with each other really only to comfort each other because they can't be with the people that they really want to be with. Because for both of them, it's a teacher who is way older. And everyone believes that they are, like, the perfect couple. Yeah. And, you know, that's... Alarm bells do go off a little bit at that premise, I think. Uh, But, like I said, you know, sometimes something has a really bad premise, but it's secretly good. Uh, but then I looked into it a little more and I saw the cover for the light novel and I figured maybe this is actually one of those things that is just bad. The manga is ending, so it is going to be a full telling of whatever story it has. Uh, Thank if God. that's any consolation. Like, yeah, I, I, I am willing to believe that this is not as, like, bad or weird as reading it comes off, but mm-hmm. I am, it, it would have to do a lot for me to, like, think about picking it up. It's just one of those things, it's extremely, like, alarm bells go off of, like, two people love their teachers, but bond over the fact that they can't, like... Yeah. PV looked good. Had a lot of people standing around being sad in a classroom, and that's good enough for me. Look, they can they can do sad well, I guess. Yeah. Opposite end of the spectrum... We have the Minami High School uh, Bicycle Club. You didn't put the English name on here. I'm sorry. Uh, Minami Kamakura Koko Joshi G Tenshabu. By ACGT and CG or JC staff from uh, Susumu Kodo, the series director of K and director of the Mardox Campbell movies and one of the Ghost in the Shell Arise movies. That is a weird person to be to put that on the bicycle anime. That is a really weird yeah. choice for cutesy Moe block bicycle show. <laughs> I don't know, maybe they're very heated about it. Maybe it'll be like ping pong uh, girls. Um, maybe it'll be like scorching ping pong girls, which apparently is extremely scorching. Yeah. Um, but this is... It It looks like what uh, Long Riders ended up being, which is like someone gets really into bicycling and learns a lot about bicycling. Like... Long Riders, I didn't think was going to turn into, like, someone becoming, like, I guess a cycling otaku or whatever, like, getting really into it. But this immediately comes off as they're getting really into cycling, which isn't an issue. But what I want to come here for is the characters. I don't know if the character is going to be able to hold what seems to be, like, an advertisement for biking. Is it? That's, I mean, that's certainly what Long Riders ended up being, I feel. Oh, yeah, I guess so. So I don't know about this one. Uh, Someone else will have to tell me. But also, right. I already picked my Moe Blob show of the season. Did you put this next one on there, or was that me? That was you. This is 100% you. Oh, uh, that's a shame. 
Um, tell me about handshakers. All right, so handshakers, the like studio go hands, <laughs> um, and directed by Shingo Suzuki. K makes a comeback on this list because he was the director on I think everything, all the K things. Maybe not one of the movies, but K K Missing Kings and K Return of Kings, and also uh, occasional animation director on Bakken. So that's pretty lofty, I think. You know, good yeah. action director and handshakers looks to be. The quintessential action show, and I mean that in all the bad ways, because it sounds super boring. Like, okay, it's about characters, and they make weapons show up with their spirit enemies. These weapons are called Nimrods. Nimrods. That's not what the description says. It says Nimrods. Does it say Um, Nimrods? Oh, maybe I misread it. And oh, you're right, it does say Nimrods. It says Nimrods. And they have to team up, and they have to fight people... Like, a 2v2 fights, and then the winner gets to make their wish come true. They meet God at one point. Wh- whatever, you know? This sounds like a light novel adaptation, but it's an original, apparently. Uh, but it looks really nice. Uh, I watched the PV, and I think it has a really neat visual style. Like, a very uh, heavy use of textures. <laughs> and a heavy use of CG. Yeah. Well, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, what got to me about that is, like, it looks like basically everything but the characters are CG. Yeah. Like, their weapons are CG, the backgrounds are all CG, like... It just feels really out of place in a lot of these shots for me. Oh, maybe a little bit. I thought it looked neat. Um, okay, so if, well, I mean, that's okay. If it turns out that the plot is good, I'll watch it. Okay. But I'm not going to watch it for the visuals alone. That's not really my style, so... Also, you have right to hold it's... hands to uh, to summon your abilities. Oh, that's right. I don't know if we've uh, if we've talked about this show before, but right now we're kind of underplaying how ridiculous the name Handshakers is. It's extremely ridiculous. Yeah, pretty good though. Like, oh, Handshakers. Good luck. Like, especially hands. for like what looks to be like a very dramatic action series. Yeah. <laughs> also, Studio Go Hands. Mm-hmm. That's just one of those things, you know, it's like when someone gets a tattoo of some Asian letter of the alphabet and they think it says, like, peace or honesty, but really right. it says pineapple. Go hands. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is like the, this is the other way around, you know, handshakers, mm-hmm. I'm sure it sounds great. In Japanese. In, to Japanese people, but to us it's a little absurd. And that's just the way it goes. I would have been willing to believe that Go Hands is a group that exists only to make handshakers but apparently they're a real a real company that is i don't believe that but predominantly they do like key animation and stuff Oh, okay like i think this is the first time they're doing something real big all right handshakers next up we have a piace is that what how you pronounce it uh piace yeah i guess i guess so yeah piace my Italian restaurant being done at Zero G, uh, creators of Battery or uh, directors of Battery, yep. and directed by Hiroaki Sakurai, who has directed the disastrous life of uh, Psyche K and yeah. Komari High School and Maid Sama. So that's that's a that's weird based on just like looking at the the source material for this. A little bit, yeah. Because Piace does not seem like the sort of like wacky weird comedy that like Psyche K and Cromarty are. Yeah. 
It does seem a little bit strange. So Piaci is... It, it is a comedy series, but it's like, it's about a high schooler who starts work at an Italian restaurant filled with quirky characters. So basically working, but, uh, an Italian restaurant. Yeah, probably not as violent. Probably not. There's a character with big boobies, though. Oh, thank goodness. I wouldn't feel at home in an anime. <laughs> right. If there wasn't a character with the big baps. It's the only way I could accept it. Yeah. But, um, like, it, the main characters look very cute. And, uh, I don't know, I like Italian cuisine a lot. Okay. So, I mean, this is, this is hitting two buttons. I do eat a lot of spaghetti. Yeah, spaghetti's great. Yeah, I agree. But, um, the, the PV really doesn't have much to go off of. It's, it's just very, like, cutesy is sort of the only thing I can really say about it at this point. Yeah. And so, like, if other people say that it's, like, actually good, I'm, this is one of the, like, ones above all else, like, oh yeah, this is something I want to follow and see if other people like. Because, like, I want to believe, uh, that this is good. I hope Crunchyroll picks it up and one of their comedy, competent joke subbers at one point manages to sneak a ravioli, ravioli, give me the formulary <laughs> reference in there. Oh, good, I can't. I can't wait for more meme subs. Thank God. Yeah, me, me too. That's what I subscribed to Crunchyroll for, after all. Also, I oh wait. I think did you write a different name down than the one on live chart? What? So, bumping off of that, another thing. There's like, I really have to have someone tell me if it's good or not. Mm-hmm. We have Idol Jihen. So Idol Jihen is done at Studio Mappa and Studio Voln mm-hmm. by uh, Daisuke Yoshida, the director of uh, F Zero. And oh, an yeah. animation director on Kiva. <laughs> so, like, that's already weird for an idol thing. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the thing that interested me about this is... So it's based on a mixed media project of some kind, which is basically about, like... Uh, at some point, the Japanese government just crumbles. And so seven parties are created for the, the Japanese, like, government and, like, prefectures and stuff made up of idol members... So basically, this is a huge idol political thing, which I feel like has the potential to be, like, funny, like, in a comedy sense and stuff. It seems interesting, but also, like, it could also just be really rote and sort of boring and, like, very basic idol stuff. You lost me at Mixed Media Project. Okay. No, but, yeah, I think there's potential for this to be really funny. But I think not if it's going to be a big comedy jokey joke, but more if they take themselves just serious enough for it to be like, oh, why? I can't believe they did that with the idols and the politics, but not so serious that it's impossible to watch it and have fun. Yeah, sure. You know? But the, the, the idea of it being very rote is also very, there. Yeah. And so I want someone else to tell me if Idol Jihen like, can, can thread that line real good of like, I, man, what if there are political baits that are basically rap battles but idol songs? See, that's what I want. But I, I don't know. That's probably not going to happen. So no. Idol Jihin will continue to stay here. Then after this, we have uh, Cho Shonen Tantaidan Neo at Studio DLE by a director who uh, I don't recognize either of the things they've done, but I assume they're also comedy shorts. Uh, yeah, they're both ch- silly children's shows, I think. So this is a silly children's show, it seems, that is based on the uh, works of Edogawa Ranpo, which we're at 0 for 2 on those. 
mm. as far as anime for the last couple years. Yeah. But I like the art style for this. It's very simple and fun and childish. And it seems like it's sort of like a goofy version of all these stories with like fun, quirky characters. Which, if someone picked this up, like Crunchyroll or something, I'd want to give it a cursory glance. Like, could this be, like, the one way that they make this palatable to me, a consumer? Um, but I don't know. I, I like I like the style. The PV was uh, cute. And uh, I don't know. I, I would like to see more of it All before right. making a real uh, analysis on it. I put this up on you, this next one. Uh, it's Konosuba Season 2. Uh, still at Studio Dean, and presumably directed by the same director as the first season, Taka Omi Kanosuke. Kanosuke? I don't know which one of those it is, I'm sorry. Um, I hear that Konosuba is extremely funny. So I want to give it a look at some point. Um, and that means that maybe or maybe not, I'll also want to take a look at the second season, and that's why it's here. It's basically just your run-of-the-mill character gets sucked into a magical world story except instead of being embroiled in the big adventure like political drama thing that's going on right at that moment you know he just kind of gets involved with the boring day-to-day life and they bring the jokes out of that that's my understanding of it at least and that sounds pretty good so i want to give it a look at some point yeah i hear it it's like very depending it's like very either oh it's sometimes good or it's oh this is very good so like there's no people saying, like, oh, this is especially bad. Yeah. It's like, Konosuba is one of those things that is like, mm, maybe. And maybe since this is such a light season, I'll look into the first season to see if I pick up the second. Yeah. And I always thought the visuals looked kind of cool. So I was, I already had my foot in the door a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe this season will be the one that makes me kick open the door and say, hey, let's watch anime. And then everybody says, right. what are you, who are you? First of all. <laughs> second of all, no, idiot. We're watching Transformers. Goddamn. But not Well, the there's anime. that Transformers anime. Oh, no. I mean, maybe, that, maybe that'll maybe that be, like, a good grounds to start a, a new burgeoning relationship on. Yeah. And then we have Yamishibai, the fourth season. Uh, same as the other ones. Um, Yamishibai, the fact that it keeps existing is sort of the thing that makes me interested in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It's one of those things that it's just like, I'm surprised at all that it came over, in a way. Yeah. And then that it continues to exist. Especially that it's not like, it's got a very distinctive art style meant for like the horror that it's trying to tell. Yeah. Because it's all like picture story sort of like uh, versions of like rumors and urban legends uh, based around kind of Japanese myth. Which, that could be very interesting, depending on how it's handled. Totally. And I just haven't had the, like, I haven't had the push to, like, actually look into it yet, but I hear good things about it, like, it that it evokes horror very well in a way that I think anime doesn't a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Again, like, with such a low season, I might actually go into a lot of things I've thought about looking into. Or just go into my enormous backlog. We'll see. Yeah, me too. And then, uh, I have this on here because it's the new Precure. Precure happens every year. All the time. It always Um, does. And this one is called Kira Kira Precure a la mode. And as far as I understand, it's about desserts. Like, they're dessert-themed magical girls, which 
that's that's enough to get me interested. This yeah, that's princesses, pretty good, actually. magic. I don't need that. Give me desserts. Um, Toei's doing it again. Uh, probably, uh, almost certainly. It would be weird if they didn't. But also, Precure seems to be in some weird rights with uh, Sabon, who owns it, because like the only thing we've seen is the very original Precure, which is for streaming, and then Netflix got Smile Precure to turn into like a four kids dub. Oh. Or that style where it's, it's supposed to be for kids, so it kind of like shaves off a lot of the Japanese edges. Yeah. Okay. But um, I don't know. Like, man. I still want to believe that, like, magical girls are good, and I just haven't found, like, the right one in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Um, maybe. I might think about it. You ever seen the original Sailor Moon? Yeah! No, uh, well, wait. Uh, original is in, like, Japanese? No. Oh, no, but I mean just that version in Oh, general, yeah, I watched like the deep dub. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's good. I think that's a that good magical really girl. That dub's really good, too. Yeah, that's basically the only magical girl anime I've ever watched, mm. I guess. Uh, I, mean, I, I did say Cardcaptor Sakura, but it feels like more recently there hasn't been a magical girl that's like really grabbed me. Yeah, that's fair. Even though there's more coming out than ever, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, Foot yeah, Flappers grabbed me, but I'm. That's, I, we'll talk about it later. Uh, yeah. it's, it's weird. It's a weird case. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, again, desserts is cool. I like desserts. Yeah. But now. It's time for things we're not interested in, in the not interested list. Yeah. Okay. Uh, starting off with Blue Exorcist, Kyoto Impure King. Still being done by A1 Pictures, but I think being done by a new director, uh, one Koichi Hatsumi. Uh, this is his sole credit ever. Like, he doesn't have any Ooh. key animator, in-between animator, storyboard, no nothing. This is the first time he's ever entered the anime industry as far as I am aware, based on my very cursory research. <laughs> so, that could be interesting. Um, Blue Exorcist is alright, I think, as far as uh, shonen adaptations go. That's what I hear. Or just shonen stuff in general, I mean. Uh, I always thought it was based on a light novel just because of the way it looks. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it's a manga, and I hear it's alright. People dig it. I like the, I like the art style. Mm-hmm. Of it, like a lot of the character designs, I really like, like the bald kid. Yeah, I like that it's uh, allowed to look a little more, um, I don't know, like a little more worn down than shonen shows usually do. Like characters okay. have like tattered clothing and all that. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Um. I. It, it's just it's not interested because I'd have to sit through the original Blue Exorcist, which. Uh, I literally just now I was like, oh, I bet it's like a hundred episodes. It's like twenty-five. It would be a lot easier to get into this than I originally thought. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I, I hear it does shown in battle competently, which you know yeah. sometimes that's the best you can say about something. I don't know. Um, it's cool though. I, I like that. Think these sorts of things get to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have Tales of Zestiria, the X second season, back at UFOtable. Same crew. Same same, crew. same everything. Same story. I hear that's the big issue. Yeah. It's kind of weird. They put Tales of Brazoria stuff in there, so I don't know what, like, the timeline that's in this show is. I know they're but... connected. I know, but I assume Brazoria took place after Tales of Zestiria, so... I don't, know, I don't know if they're still adapting the game plot, is what I'm getting at. 
of yeah, Zisteria. Uh, I, well, the, uh, I mean, because Berseria is out now. It might be like a cross-promotion thing at this point, like just a, we're going to tease these characters so that you know about Berseria. Maybe. I don't know, I hear Tales of Zisteria, the X is better when it's not handling its main characters, which is a big fault, I think. Yeah. And that it's just like, that story is not very good, so it's just, whatever. Yeah, it's a weird, it's it's an unfortunate thing for Studio UFO to be hung up on. but UFO I mean, was hey. putting in its work, though. Yeah. It certainly looks good from the things I've seen. It is, yeah. I just think it would be nice if that was spent, if that effort was spent on something else. Because mm-hmm. Tilsa's Assyria uh, is really lame. Damn. Yeah. Then we have Chaos Child being done at Silverlink, another, like, Steins Gate author thing, but in a different timeline, which is attached to Chaos Head, which I hear a lot of um, less than positive things about. So that's just why this is on here. Like, I... I do like that author, at least from what I've seen of it, and I want to, like, look into more of this stuff, but I want to get into something that people can agree is better. Yeah. I hear Occultic Nine after episode one actually, like, starts to really, like, get into some cool stuff, so maybe that, but... Okay. But man, I don't know. Maybe Maybe Steins Gate was the, the one-off. Then we have Rewrite Second Season, uh, Moon Story and Terra Story, back at 8-bit, same... Same director. Man, rewrite just, ugh. That, that adaptation is not good, and I'd rather play the game once it finally comes to English, which right. I believe is a plan. Then we have, uh, Demi-chan La Kataritai, which I yeah. believe, oh, what's the, what's the localized name? It's like Interview with Monsters or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Whoops. Yeah, it's like Interviews with Monsters. Okay. That's being done A1. From uh, Rio Ando, the director of Gate and Food Wars. Yeah, that's um, you know, that's like my pu- my my personal enemy, my my enemy, <laughs> my rival. Like if there was one director you just could start a fist fight with in the street. I mean, Rio Ando. I know, but I think given his address, I would send him a, a strongly worded letter. Mm. No, nah, I wouldn't even do that. That would be mean. That guy probably has enough to deal with it to begin with. Uh, but I do harbor grudges towards him with regards to the quality of the shows that he chooses to direct. And this one, I don't know. I hear good things about it, and it doesn't seem like it's like weirdly sexy. Uh, the premise sounds kind of weird. It's like a some dude hangs out with monster girls. That can only go wrong, you know? Yeah, that can only go wrong. But again, I hear it's not like weird sexy, but like, eh. Yeah. Eh. It's, it's Monster Musume without the sex, so what's even the point? I don't know. Don't, I don't know. Then we have uh, Kiwani's new thing. Oh my god. Which is uh, Mr. Kobayashi's Maid Dragon or Kobayashi-san Shino Maid Dragon. Yep. I think it's Mrs. This... Kobayashi. I believe it's a lady that this dragon helps. Oh, whoops. Kiwani's doing that. The The director is Yasuhiro Takamoto, who did the Haruhi Suzumiya and Hyoka and Full Metal Panic Second Raid. The Disappearance. He did, the, did not the Sorry, TV disappearance show. Disappearance of Haruhi. You're right. Yeah, so he's like the good director, or in my, <laughs> the best, the best director at Kiwani, in my opinion. Yeah. So this is like a weird thing for him to get attached to because this sounds terrible. Not only that, but it seems like based on the art style and everything just around it, it seems like something more, more appropriate for like the Nichijo director. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like, just for being, like, a the kind of goofy comedy thing. I think he might be that, too, actually. Oh, really? Well, if yeah. that's the case, then sure, that makes sense. But uh, it's about a, a girl who saves a dragon and then becomes her maid and the hot big booby lady. And then there's some other, I think, dragon ladies. I don't know. It's by the it's by the guy who did. My, I can't understand what my husband is saying. That wasn't funny. So I'm willing to believe this is also not very funny. It's the dragon girl that has the big boobies. I think multiple characters have big boobies. Oh, well, that makes sense. There's a there's a they do a joke in the uh, in the PV where it's like it's it's a pun that doesn't translate, but they go from like dragon to D cup. Oh right, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it! Why? <laughs> it doesn't like they don't have to do this, right? They could just do anything and it would sell. So they I don't could do literally like anything they want, and they picked oh. this. I assume. And it's weird because this isn't like a light novel or a thing that like that they're actually publishing. Like they seem to be moving towards. Yeah. Because Kiwani does like PVs and commercials for all the light novels they pick up. I assume they're eventually going to just get adaptations. Like Kiwani yeah. is becoming an anime Ouroboros. Oh God. Uh, I looked it up, by the way. This is not the Nishijo director, but he did work on Nishijo. He was episode okay. director and storyboard artist on four episodes. Okay, so maybe give it to a different director. Maybe. Or just drop it. Oh, speaking of dropping. Oh, nice. Gabriel Dropout. At Dogakobo by the uh, Masahiko Uta, the director of Umaru-chan, which is appropriate because it's basically the same show. Is it? Gabriel Dropout is about an angel who comes to Earth to, like, spot, look at humans and inspect them, and then she becomes, like, uh, a, a, a neat, basically. Yeah. It, it's the same sort of thing where it's like, oh, on the outside, she's just an angel, and then on the inside, she's a sick gamer. Oh, yeah, I guess it's a little bit like that. It's um, basically the same show. Yeah. I think they might get one episode of good jokes out of this, maybe. You liked Umaru-chan. Yeah, I did. Out of surprises. Yeah. So maybe. What was that show where uh, the guy has to bunk up with a ghost girl? Uh, Do you remember that? From like 2014? Oh My Goddess? No. That's a different mm, thing. No. Oh My Goddess is old and not But she was thing. also like a, a, a... Oh, Nanana's Buried Treasure. Maybe. Yeah, no, that's definitely the one. Um, okay. And that had some good ideas and was really bad. Yeah, and the, the ghost girl plays video games and that. So that's why that reminded yeah, me of Yeah, but plays it. like real video games. Like you see... Actual footage of like, yeah, Tekken and stuff. Yeah, she's playing uh, Tekken. I think she's playing Virtual Virtual Fighter actually. Which and like yeah, but games like that, yeah. Yeah, I hope in this show the guy doesn't get, or I don't know if there even is a guy in this. But I don't even think guy, there's a guy. Well, all right. Well, in that case, I hope a girl doesn't get her arm dislocated just so that she can touch a boob. Does that happen? That's like the only good scene in that show. In Nanana? Yeah, I think that's well. Maybe I don't know. In yeah, I, I guess so. I don't remember that not at all, and I watched three episodes of it. Oh, well, maybe it's in a later episode, but that definitely okay. happens at one point. I saw it on YouTube, and I thought, that's kind of funny. That's a good... <laughs> this is vaguely a good joke. Does that mean I'm getting soft on Titty? It, I, does that mean I'm getting soft on issues relating to Titty? No. Okay. I think I think the more they work for it, sometimes it's funny. Like, oh, that's pathetic. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that works. Now, One Room is a short series, I think, that's coming out by a company called Typhoon Graphics. And all the real description is like, this is the story 
of a guy and three girls meeting in his one room or something. Based on the description, it sounds like it might be a first person thing. Yeah, like uh like a um like that pillow boys thing. Yeah, exactly. But this seems a lot more like this seems a little more like self gratification sort mm. of thing. Yeah, that could very well be. Cause it also because it seems like it's like, oh, childhood friend and then like oh big booby lady and then oh little sister. Are wow. the three girls. Well that is the trifecta. <laughs> there, there are no, there are no groups of three women that nearly match up. This next one up, it was a surprise because I remember before this, the we we started working on the the season. You were like way excited for this. I mean, well, not way excited. You were excited for it a little bit. I was like, I'll watch this. You were like, oh, I've watched the rest of this before. Yeah, I don't. I so yeah, it's Yoamushi Pedal New Generation season three, basically. Same director coming back, still at TMS. Yep. Uh, I went. I went back to watch a couple of episodes just to see if I, you know, get jog my memory. And I slowly came to realize that this show doesn't really actually interest me that much. And I don't like looking back. I don't really know why I ever watched it in the first place because it's kind of boring. It's really ugly. So, <laughs> yeah. Damn. Just coming up zeros for all the all the biking biking animes. Yeah. Definitely lost the love on this one. That's unfortunate. I mean, you know. But hey, it's huge. Yeah. So I'm glad other people are, will enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and biking is good. You know, I endorse biking. So if people like the biking anime, then that's good in my eyes, really. Yeah. Uh, this next one is Schoolgirl Strikers Animation Channel. Which is an adaptation of a smartphone, quote, light novel style RPG app. What does that mean, dude? I don't, I don't know. Thanks, Squeenix, for that one. <laughs> um, but it's, I presume it's a series of shorts at JC staff by the director of, like, Azamanga Dayo, um, that's just gonna be advertisement. Like, this seems like it would be extremely advertisement. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, that's not always that... What was that? There was that one this year that was, like, Ragnus Strike that was, like, they were putting a lot of work into, like, 15 seconds. It was, like, oh, this is going to be the shortest anime ever with 15-segment episodes each week. Like, it feels like it'd be that sort of thing where it's, like, oh, we just need, like, a gimmick to make people want to play this game that we made. Whatever. Yeah, whatever, man. Next up, Bang Dream. I'm surprised you didn't put this on the... And you'd think... That this would be, like, this would be bait for me. <laughs> whatever happened to the K-on-shaped hole or whatever it was. Well, heart. let me tell you why this didn't fill that hole immediately. All right. So Bang Dream is about uh, a girl who finds a star-shaped guitar and then starts a band and her the whole world changes. I mean, hey, that's relatable. Yeah, it's it's extremely K-on. Yeah. Um, it's being done at Eason and Zebek, so it's going to look pretty good. Uh, here's the problem. Yeah. I think the, I think the songs are really limp. Oh, I damn. Like, I like listen to an album of them. And it's just like, it's one of those things where it sounds like they got VAs to do singing where they're not like putting in like a lot of emotion into it. Oh, okay. It's, it's just kind of, uh, it's just, mm, the, look, if the music, if the music isn't good, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hold up for me. 
Also, it's not really a star-shaped guitar. It's like a weird combination between a Gibson Flying V and an Explorer. It's referred to as a star-shaped guitar. Yeah, that's... I mean... <laughs> look, there's the second problem with it. They don't know what stars look like. Yeah. I mean, there's a star on the exclamation mark for the logo right there. Yeah. Get it together, Eason and Zebek. Thanks. But yeah, I don't know. It, that's also a mixed-media thing. Like, I think it's supposed to be, like, VAs doing doing shows and stuff for it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there, maybe, maybe nothing will ever fill that hole in my heart again, and that's okay. Yeah. Some things are meant to not be filled, uh, like right. the holes of the mountains of that one Junji Ito story. Right. Well, they were made for me, though. Yeah, they were meant to be filled, but they probably shouldn't be. Hmm. So Nyanko Days. Yeah. Is the next show on here by EMT Squared. Yep. From the, uh, Yoshimasa Hiraike, uh, director of Working and, uh, Amagami, and, uh, oh, Kokori-san, which I hear yep. good things about, but, like, this looks like a comedy based around a girl who has, uh, tiny infant girl, cat girls that are her friends. And yeah. no, just, mm, nah. Nah, I'm alright, I don't nah. need that. We're good. Then here we, then next up is marginal number four, Kiss Kara, Sakuru, Big Bang, which is an idol thing being done at JC staff by basically a new director. Yeah. Uh, Kentaro Suzuki. Um, so this is like a boy idol thing, which that's not my real issue with it. The real issue is that, uh, as far as I understand, the character designs and like main story, like development is done by a company called Rejet. Who makes some real um, questionable material like uh, Diabolic Lovers? Oh, okay. That's why it's on this list. I mean, these character designs I'm looking at them right now—they're pretty lame. First of all, they're lame characters. Yeah. Second of all, like I—I I, I didn't put this on Poopoo Garbage as possible that Reject made a thing that isn't like deplorable, like mm -hmm. um, more like Reject. God damn it! But yeah, the, uh, I'm not willing to believe that until someone tells me like definitively. Oh, this isn't really weird and like rapey. I mean, would you watch it if even if it was? No. Okay. And maybe dislike it less. Okay. All right, right. That was the reason it wasn't in Poopoo Garbage. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm with it again. So this one's weird. Um, Kimono Friends. Yeah. Being done at Yao Yoruzu, uh, by, uh, Tatsuki, the, an author? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm a mangaka, I, I think. Or a mangaka, okay. Yeah. So here's the here's the weird thing about Kimono Friends. Based on a smartphone app, we're basically of a zoo, but all the animals are anime girls. Mm-hmm. This game got canceled. Bummer, like, it man. shut down. Oh, God. Like, the anime got announced, and I think a month, like, within a month after, they, they canceled the game or shut it down. Sheesh. So, like, this is, uh, this is a commercial for a game that no longer exists. Well, and I'm wondering what that means for the show. Like, are they, is it basically going to just become like a, like a parody show? Like, like no reverence. They're just going to do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> That'd be great. Or are they still going to like treat it like it's a, you know, like it's a thing? Like, is this, a, is this not going to be a commercial, but like a trying to be a series? I don't know. I'm not interested enough to watch it, but I want to hear about it. They're probably still going to play it straight, I bet. Yeah, like, I just don't know. Like, there are so many ways they could do it at this point. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. 
Then we have I My Me Surgical Friends, which is like a monkey cheese gross humor thing being done at seven. Man, I already got TQ in my life for that. Yeah, first of all, that. Second of all, like, I don't need this cover image, which is a bunch of, like, naked teens. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Uh, I went to look at the PV just to see if this really is what the show was like. and it, I guess not. But It's not, but it's gross and not, like, not... Mm. Yeah. That is very TQ-like, though. Like, TQ always has, like, really weirdly sexual openings. Yeah. And the show is just, like, like, whatever. Not, not to this degree. Uh, no. Well, the, like, these the season... These are naked. I think the season three opening is kind of like that. They have, like, at the start where they jump out of the sauna. Oh, maybe. Still. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, it's not, it's not TQ, therefore. Yeah, well, people do care, because this is season three, I think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then we have, uh, the end of the show, we have, or the end of this section, we have Spirits Pact. Which was a very recent addition. Yeah, it got added, like, yesterday or something. Yeah. It's being done by Iman, uh, of the classic 2004 hit, Fuck You, You Ho, I Don't Want You Back. What? <laughs> You know, it's not yeah. real. No, I bet it's him. It's his studio. He started it up. He turned. He went to anime. Wait, what? Okay, so what are you referencing? It's a song called "Fuck You, You Ho." I don't want you back by a man called Emon. Okay. Oh wait, I think that was Eron. Actually, hold on. Okay, so Emon is the studio that did "To Be Hero" and uh, I think "Cheating Craft." No, it was Emon. It was. I was right. Keep that whole joke in. Just put it okay. in there. It was great. But also, that's they say they're they're like a shorts studio. Mm-hmm. Yep, there it is. Iman, fuck it, don't want you back. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know. It's like a it's like a manhwa thing that seems to be sort of like uh, exorcism with like or like about exorcism with like some yaoi tones to it. But I don't know. It seems very like blah. I'm done with manhwa, man. I've been burned too many times. There has to be, there has to be a manhwa with a way cool premise yeah. to get me back into this. Like it basically has to be blood of ors, but not just a name. You know the term "once bitten, twice shy." I do. Well, I'm like ten shy at this point. Then we have our poopoo garbage. All right, here we go. It's time to dig in. Yeah, oof. So first off, Masamune-kun's Revenge, done yep. in Silverlink by Mirai Minato, director of Fate Callion. No. Mm-hmm. So this show, right, the premise Sucks. is... Yeah, Continue. it does. The premise is it's about this boy who used to be bullied by this girl who was a classmate or whatever because he was fat. And now, now that's like in middle school or whatever. Now they're in high school. Uh, he went to work, he got hot, and now he's going to take his revenge revenge by making her fall in love with him yep and the funny thing about it right is that oh okay he's hot now you know it's gonna work but he just looks like any like run-of-the-mill light novel protagonist he sure does like he is the most unappetizing anime guy you could possibly imagine without intentionally making them not sexy he's really buff though i I mean look you gotta have something yeah I just think that's interesting because, uh, like, sexy men in anime are, like, rarely portrayed as being muscular. Like, they mm-hmm. put a lot of emphasis on that in the PV. So, I mean, it's treading sort of new ground in one way, at least. 
Also, from what I hear, like, the series does its absolute best to never have a single other male in the series, more or less. Well, it's because he's just that alpha. Cut that out. Don't leave that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving it in. <laughs> No. I think that's actually the point, though, is supposed to, that he's supposed to just be, like, the supreme male, so any other man being in any shot other than, like, a background one is basically heresy. Okay. I think he has a best friend, but the best friend is, like, looks like a girl or something. Oh. But whatever. Masamune-kun is garbage. The PV had a lot going on, so if it turns out... If people say this isn't bad, I'll watch it. Oh, that's... Ooh, that sounds dangerous, my friend. I know, but sometimes you gotta live life on the edge. Okay, I'm gonna... You know what? You know, you live your life, you. Yeah. I can't I can't stop you from that. Uh, let's just hope this ends up like Masamune's revenge and not like Montezuma's revenge. <laughs> Thank you. Alright, now you can move on to the next show. So next up is Fuka, being done at Diamedia. By Keizo Kuzukawa, the director of uh, <laughs> Akuma no Riddle and uh, Kantai Collection, and that Problem Children anime. Yeah. Um, so Fuka, I put here because I think it's really like intellectually offensive. <laughs> um, oh, is this the one that was... Okay, earlier, I want to talk about this real quick. Earlier, yeah. you said one of these shows was intellectually offensive. I thought you were joking when you said it was this one. <laughs> No, I legitimately believe that Fuka is intellectually offensive. Okay, well, carry on. Fuka is a manga about a guy who's, like, in high school, and he's really addicted to being on, like, his phone. He loves mm -hmm. to be on Twitter. I think they literally name-dropped Twitter. And he, so out on one day, he bumps into a girl who breaks his phone, thinking that he was trying to take a panty shot of her. And it turns out that she doesn't even own a phone. Like, she's one of those people. Oh. And he falls in love, like, almost immediately. But also he's rekindling a romance with a girl from his past that's on Twitter. And that's the story. <laughs> Alright, um, that is a story. I don't want to spoil a lot of it, but I feel there's a, there's a really... <laughs> no, there's, like, a really early on twist to the story that's just, like, really has some, like... It's out of nowhere to make it dramatic. This premise has got my knickers in a twist. Like, it's... Like, it just... It's it's a it's the sort of thing that you do when you, like, you don't know how to make any, like, natural sense of drama. Because uh -huh. it just comes out of nowhere, doesn't do anything, and then, uh... It's just... Uh, there is a... Uh, man, I want to spoil it, but I, I shouldn't. Um... In case people are actually interested in it. But it's, it's like about music, which is cool. Like, I like shows that are about music and performance, but this one just like, the characters are so blah. And it's just like, it, it really is just like sort of a, we, we really need to, uh, come up with a dr dramatic tension. And so it comes out of nowhere and just kind of like derails the story in a big way. I don't mm. know. It sucks. Um, Fuka was, Fuka also, um, the author did a series called Suzuka, which is a direct sequel to this, and also he did, um, what is it? Not A Town Where You Live, um, sorry, it is A Town Where You Live, which I hear also is just, like, really kind of hacky, like, teen romance drama sort of stuff. Alright. But yeah, so that's why that's on here, and not on the not interested list. I think it looks kind of cool. That's the one thing. 
that that art style is not indicative of the rest of it. Is unfortunately oh. that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that style is just for that uh, PV or for that preview picture. I'll take it. Take what you can get. We got to get a preview picture. You know, it doesn't have a good preview picture. Yeah. The other three things on this list. So, Akiba's Trip, the animation. Yep. Done at Studio Gonzo. Of course. By Hiroshi Idehata, who directed Seiyu's Life and directed Codebreaker and an episode director for Flip Floppers. Um, so Octopus Trip is a video game yep. about uh, basically stripping vampires so that they die in the sunlight. Mm-hmm. It's vampires that look like little girls. And Teenage girls. Well, they look like people. They look like yeah. teens. Some, some of them are boys. Yeah. But anyways, um, so from what I understand, like the only redeeming thing is that the localization was pretty alright. Yes. And this isn't like related to the games, except I think in general premise. Because mm-hmm. they're like taking baseball bats to zombies to make their clothes explode or whatever. I don't know, like, the, the PV for this looks really bad. Yeah. Like, I don't think the art style is necessarily bad. I think it animates pretty well in some spots, but it's just, like, it definitely looks kind of as bad as you'd believe from an anime adaptation of a game like this. Yeah. Like, that's as much as I can say. It's just, like, mm. Well, maybe it'll exceed expectations. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, like, I don't, it's just like, the character designs aren't bad, but they just certainly don't fit whatever they're trying to do with this. Because they all look like children. Yeah, the, the character designs are especially messed up, because they look like ugly versions of characters from other shows. <laughs> like, the blonde girl looks like a gross Chitose, Chitose from Nisekoi. Uh-huh. Uh, the girl in the green outfit kind of looks like the girl from Persona 4. Or Love Live. I yeah. guess. I don't know. Um, and then the, other, the, the other two, girl. not so much. I, I haven't thought of anything for her. Well, let's continue on then. I don't know, she's got the same color uh, outfit as the other girl from Persona 4. Hmm, Yukiko. Uh, no, no, no. R- R- Rise? Rise? Rise. Oh my yeah. god. Fuck. <laughs> Anyways, next up. Yojo Senki. Done yep. by the studio, studio of 2017, Studio Nut. Studio Nut. Uh, uh, I hope their logo is the the button, like, from the meme. You know what I'm talking about? I'll uh-huh, put it on the yeah, video a, a lot. Yeah. But uh, this is a story about a, a salary man who apparently enrages one of his co-workers so much that he gets pushed in front of a train and dies. That sucks. Then he, like, argues with God, and God decides that he's fucking sick of this guy and punishes him. <laughs> to... Oh, cause, oh right, because he's, like he's, like, an atheist, and so he keeps trying to be like, oh, you don't exist, and so he's like, uh, fuck you, I'm gonna put you in a world of magic, and forces him into the body of this tiny girl who is in a magic army. Like, kinda like World War II-esque. Man. And it's about him trying to become... He's cruel and calculating, so he wants to become... Uh, he wants to be safe, so he wants to become, like, a leader or whatever. You know, he wants to become a businessman within the army. And he's on the... He's on the Axis side, right? Is he? I don't know. I think so. It looks so. like it from the outfit. Yeah. Anyways, I... That, ugh. Yeah, that sounds really awful. Just, ugh, just so bad. I've heard some accounts that it's, uh, that the, the novel that it's based on is okay? Or is the manga? Okay. No, I it's think a, it's a manga, it's a actually. Novel. Oh, okay. Pretty sure it's a novel. I'm not sure. Oh, no, it is a manga, you're right. Yeah. 
But also the art on that's kind of disgusting, and this mm-hmm. is even more so. Yeah, it looks really gross. Um, like just the this especially with the perspective they're going for on this preview picture. The preview picture is pretty bad. Uh, the PV also not very good, and it's not gross in like an interesting way either. Uh, it's just kind of just kind of looks bad. Yeah, I just kind of can't really dig it. I mean, it's definitely going for something more. It's not like it's just coming up short. It's going for mm-hmm. something. Uh, I just yeah don't like it. Well, here's hoping Studio Nut can uh, can bust it open with a new one. Yeah. The different series. When you're hitting it from the back and she says, God don't exist, you know? <laughs> Studio <laughs> Nut. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I'm done. So forget this last one. Just end the show. <laughs> That's Super Lovers Season 2. We've gone yeah, over it. You know don't, what. Don't want, don't want to... Please don't fuck your adopted brother. Yeah. Oh, so one thing we didn't have on this list that I just realized that we should talk about. Oh, okay. Is the Fate Grand Order First Order oh, anime that's right. thing? Because it's a it's a one episode thing, but it's airing on TV, so mm-hmm. and someone's gonna pick it up. Yeah. So this is just like a. It it is playing into the lore of Fate Grand Order that definitely exists. Yeah, Fate Grand Order is a gotcha game, by the way. Yeah, it's it's a gotcha game, and it's. I think what happened was they were like. They go up to, to Nasu, the guy who writes the Fate series, and they're mm-hmm. like, we need something for uh, a gacha game, and he basically just wrote, like, an entire novel of story, and they're like, well, I guess we're doing that. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. It's one of, it's one of the top five most anticipated anime in Japan of 2017. Yeah, winter. and Fate Grand Order is huge, so... Yeah, Fate... Fate Grand Order, I think at some point they were like, oh, it's being bigger than Pokemon Go, which, I mean, that's pretty big. That is, yeah. That's pretty big. I don't know. I don't really, I don't, really, I don't like Fate anymore. Fate Zero is good. That's it. I haven't watched Unlimited Blade Works yet, so it's still a TBA on that one. But I think Fate Stay Night's pretty bad. I hear Nasu has a really, like, bad writing style. Oh, the, the, um, like, I hear the visual novels are really... Yeah, the visual novels just... are definitely bad. I don't know if mm-hmm. the anime fix any of that, because I hear Unlimited Blade Works is pretty good. Okay. And I guess having to force it to not be, like, a million words long might work. Because here's just, he's very verbose. Yeah, they're, they're still very uh, talkative shows. Okay. Yeah. And that was our list for the season. It's uh, It's light for us, I think. Uh, Yeah, it is. It just seems very empty, I guess, compared to other seasons. But that's not a bad thing, always. Uh, yeah, I can appreciate it. It means I can finally start watching uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yeah, thing, things on backlogs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if something comes around that's, like, surprisingly good, we can be like, oh, hey, we'll pick it up. Yeah. It leaves oh, us open. Uh, the, the Gravity Rush 2 OVA by Studio Car oh, is happened? also happening. I think so. I think that's this season. Oh, we gotta check that out, too, because that game's coming out, and that's... Man, I like Gravity Rush. Yeah, me too. Second one's looking even better. Yeah. Um, if that gets picked up by anyone, then sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll I'll watch it. You know, on the I'll pick up a I'll pick up a illegal what? Blu-ray down the street. Oh yeah. I mean, doesn't it come packed with the the game in some areas? In Japan, it does. It's like a limited edition. I think it comes with a. With the OVA, but I doubt they're going to do that anywhere else. Yeah, some, but someone might pick it up for airing. That would be nice. 
Uh, I doubt it, though. It's supposed to, like, be story between the first and second game, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. so who knows? I don't know. Crunchyroll has been doing that lately. You know, they have Crunchyroll's the, been uh, picking up a lot of one-off sort of stuff. Yeah, the, the Magus Ride OVAs are on there. I'm sure they'll mm. do the Baki one, too. But yeah, they're picking up a lot of, like, singular sort of stuff. Uh, the Persona 5 animation. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, who knows? It could be. I hope so. Yeah. Because I want to see it. But that is, that is our, th- those are our picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would like to be surprised by this season, but, like, the couple things that we have, like, really excited about seem like they're going to be very good. Yeah. You know, I prefer to have, like, a, a small handful of shows that I can really get into than large amount of shows that I'm just kind of into. Yeah, uh, I, I guess, I mean, this is something we'll probably go into more later, but it, it feels like 2016 was sort of that. Yeah. And with stuff like Little Witch Academia, there is the potential for just, like, an immediate, like, heavy-hitting start to this yeah. su- uh, this year. And ACA 13 and show as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, we won't know on Little Witch Academia, but we'll know for the others. Yes. Yeah. All right. Before we go, I said we should answer the fan mail that we got last time, but the episode was long. Hmm. This one's really easy. Um, okay. This- this one is just, what are, what are the best anime about dads with their kids? And I, I can only think of four. There's Usagi Drop. Uh. There's Yotsuba. Yeah. There's uh, Sweetness and Lightning. And I'll count Poco's Udon World since it's a surrogate dad thing. So we have four series to pick from here as the best anime about dads with their kids. Yeah. If it's just anime, I think uh, Usagi Drop has a good contender for that. Yes. Usagi Drop's a very good anime. Um, I don't... I don't know enough about Yosuba to say yes or no on that one. Me neither. I, I like what I've seen of Yosuba, though. It seems very fun. Um, and... I, it definitely seems a lot more fun than the other three on this series, which are a lot more serious about sort of the dad, dad-child relationships. Right. Then we have Sweetness and Lightning, which I really like. I think that one does the the struggles of parenthood really well, mm-hmm. especially single parenthood. Yeah. And then Poco's Unknown World is a weird case, but I think generally it is. If we're basing it solely on the parental aspects, I think it is weaker than the other two that we'll consider for now, which is Usagi Drop and Sweetness and Lightning. All right. Because I think it is a lot less about the parent stuff and just about the the other things that play into it. We'll get into it on when we review the series. But So that leaves Usagi Drop and Sweetness and Lightning. I think we can both agree that Usagi Drop is very good anime only. Yes. Oh, yeah, no up to there and no further. Yeah, we we pretend the rest of it doesn't exist. Yeah. There's a there's a manga, uh, a, a man, manhwa, the, the Korean version, mm-hmm. uh, called President Dad, which is about a girl okay. whose uh, father becomes the president of South Korea. And that's a, okay. that's an okay manga. All right. Um, yeah, if, to, to say best is hard because there are so few of them. Yeah. But I think narrowing it down to two is about as best as I can do, because it's been a long time since I've seen Usagi Drop. Yeah. But For yeah, well. I, I think Sweetness and Lightning definitely does parenthood well. I think Usagi Drop does parenthood well. 
um, up to that point. And yeah, I, uh, it, it's, it is certainly that it isn't, um, explored a lot. I feel like motherhood is something explored more frequently than fatherhood. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, when parents are involved at all. Right, yeah. It seems like motherhood is the sort of thing that is focused on more. Death Note has a pretty good dad in it. He's pretty involved. Soul Eater, too. But I wouldn't okay. call it a dad anime. Right, th that's the thing, is about dads with their kids is a very specific sort of thing. Yeah. You see that in video games a lot recently, at least, uh, like, European games. Or, yeah, you know, well, Western well, games. Yeah, well, The Last of Us, you know. Last of Us, uh, Gears of War 4. Well, my point was The Last of Us is a game that everybody liked, and now its talons are starting to reach into other games. Mm -hmm. God of War 4. Yeah. I think someone pointed out, it's like, it, it's based on experiences, and for a while it was just like, oh, what's the cool stuff we can do? And then suddenly they all became dads, so they wanted to write about it. Yeah. Which that makes sense. I don't know. Um, and then we have one more question. Okay. For Coco Disaster. Um, sent in by a friend of the show, QB. Thanks, QB. Hey, a couple of questions. Uh, what's your favorite sports, anime, or manga, and what about them sets them apart from the rest? Does sports have enough to set it... Well, okay, so let's start first one. Okay. Uh, favorite sports, anime, or manga, and what about them sets them apart from the rest? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say... We're talking manga? Manga or anime. So I think Okay, actually, no. Know, um, it's, it's the same for both. It's Hajime no Ippo. Okay. I think. Uh, well, hmm... And what about Hajime no Evo separates it? Uh, it separates it because it's really earnest in a way that I feel like a lot of other shows aren't. Um, like it's it's about a character who is just a just a total sweetheart, um, but in a way that like permeates through to the rest of the show. Like he's always trying to see the best in his opponents, which means that. Even just by force, the narratives has to it has to show a very human side in everybody, and it's just really well written in general, and it wastes okay. no time either, which is something that I think a lot of sports shows do do. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Okay. Um, man, this is hard because the the first two manga that come to mind when I think about this are uh, Tepu, yeah, which is very good. And also rookies. Yeah, I was thinking about rookies too. Yeah, so let's let's talk about rookies. Let's talk about rookies. Rookies sets itself apart a hundred percent by its characters. Yes, and by its tone. By its tone and its characters, and I think the big thing is just like instead of being about characters who are very passionate about the sport, it gives you characters who. Basically, only get into the sport because it gives them something to do. Yeah. More or less. At least to start. Yeah. Because it's about uh, delinquents sort of finding purpose in life, like high school delinquents. Mm-hmm. And about the, the extremely passionate coach they have who may not know anything about baseball and may be, like, kind of overly optimistic in a lot of ways. But yeah. it's that energy that he gives that is the, the thing that pushes them. And Rookies is just full of, like, moments that are very, like, genuine and also very, like, masculine. Yeah. Like, they are just constantly beating the shit out of each other. And it is And it is still endearing. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, they're beating the shit out of each other for, like, and you're, like, uh, you know, it's, 
It's like, that's how they express themselves is sometimes they just like hit each other and sometimes they just get like real rough and rowdy because it lets them, you know, it lets all these emotions out and it gets them, you know, it gets them excited. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that really separates it apart is like you get sort of that same sort of passion, but it's, it's projected, especially in such a non-contact sport, <laughs> like a baseball. Like, I don't know, you can do you know, body like, checks. Like there's that there's that short arc where the guy can't keep his eyes open playing catcher. So what he does is he picks up a tire and has another dude just swing bats at him until he can read what uh what logo is on each of the bats. Like just these very like masculine like ways of handling these issues yeah. that really separate it apart and make it different than other sports series. Mm-hmm. I like re- rookies a lot because I like stories about characters who have lost their ways in life and mm-hmm. finding and being helped to find it back. And I don't know why, because that is like the complete opposite of anything that I've ever been. But there's something deeply charming about that sort of thing to me. Yeah, I totally get that. Like being able to see people like develop passion for things is yeah. huge. And I think Tepu sort of does that as well. Mm. There's another one I've considered because Tepu is so much about someone's like really good at everything. Yeah. Like, just being able to master everything immediately and finding a person who is, uh, you know, better than them is, like, draw draws them to become better just to be able to kick the shit out of that person. <laughs> and, like, it's charming because it's it, it comes from the perspective of a rival, basically. You are, you are not watching b- who the main character would be. Yeah. Yeah, Tep was good. Like, if, like, to give, like, a really reductive way, it's like, it's like if you were following a Sasuke instead of a Naruto. Hmm. They're not the same sort of characters, but very much, like, one of them is really only out there to kick the shit out of another one. I think it's more like if you were following Kaiba instead of Yugi. Yeah, okay, that's, I think that's definitely better. Yeah. Just that passion solely to, like, take down another person. It's like, she would totally rip up the Blue Eyes White Dragon in episode yeah, one. of martial arts. Yeah. Um, so I think that the things that do stand out, especially with sports, is, like, the ability to translate action very well. Yep. And also characters, because that, and that's, I think, a huge thing, because the plots aren't really going to change in a sports thing. They're always going to be playing sports. Why not always. Mostly, I think. They spent a lot of time at Prince of Tennis not playing sports. Okay, that's fair. But sports is still a central conflict. Sure. Like, that never that never seems to change unless it's, like, Inazuma 11 and suddenly, like, they have to kick a soccer ball into yeah. a black hole. Or no, I was, I was just goofing. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, that's that's the thing. Um, like, they they are a genre in a way that you know exactly sort of how these things are going to play out. Mm-hmm. I think that's what defines a, a great... Uh, sports series is characters and the ability to show action. Because I think yeah. you talked about how um, Kuroko Nobosuke fails particularly at some of that. Yes, absolutely. Because from what I understand, like there are there are episodes that last literally seconds of a basketball match. Yeah, it's it gets to be pretty slow, and that's that's like really egregious. Mm-hmm. I think that's where there are sports series that fail and stuff. I think another really good one is uh is Ice Shield twenty one. 
manga. I hear yes. the anime is not as good. Oh, I've never seen the anime, but yeah, the manga. Um, for one, because this looks really good. It looks really good. It's the uh, One Punch Man artist, Yusuke Murata. The new One Punch Man artist. Yeah, one. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one really degraded after <laughs> Iron Shield. Uh, what, I, what I like especially about Ice Shield 21 is it's a very long-running series. I think it's like close to 100 volumes, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And it really it it shows characters developing from like a ragtag motley team, not all of whom are even good at the sport to begin with, into like just a coordinated team of literal ballers who can really mm-hmm. like go out on that field and put on a good match. But it does it without ever telling you. Like there's never that moment like, yeah, they improved and they got better as a team. It just happens. And if you it's one of those things where if you look at the one of the last volumes and then go back to the first one, it's really different, but you never really noticed that it happened. It's like when you watch the last episode of that 70s show, and then after that, the ne- the first episode comes on again. It's like, wow, I never noticed that they got older. That's a really specific example, but I think about that a lot. Okay. And I think from what I hear about Ice Shield is, like, it still gives very, like, wacky villains to fight, basically. Like, yes. just huge, ridiculous characters, but it all still feels very genuine and real. Mm-hmm. Even when it gets into sort of the weird stuff. Yeah. Or, the, I guess, the less natural stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, we talk all the time about Haikyuu. I think Haikyuu does characters certainly very well. Yes. It gives them all very distinct sort of, like, motivations and interests within a sport that definitely doesn't get a lot of attention, which is volleyball. No. I don't th- I don't think I'd call Haikyuu a, like, an all-time great sports anime. Though. No, but uh, we talk a lot about how it, you know, it does characters world, which I think is one of the things we're talking about as oh, things okay. that set series apart. Yeah. All right. And then so there's a second question to this. Okay. Which is, do, does sports have enough to set it apart as a genre from shonen, or does it remain a subset, even with all the girl-oriented shows about sports? like, free or shoujo influences, like, Chihaya Furu. I think it's always going to be a, a sub-genre. Yeah, I don't think sports as it's, as it stands is a genre. Well, it depends on how you look at it, because shonen, shonen is a genre, but technically it's a demographic. Yeah, I guess that's true, Is like, hmm. But when you say shonen or seinen, well, not seinen, but if you say shonen or shoujo, there are certain ideas that people are going to get. Like, there's an image of what a shonen series is. Yeah, it evokes a, a particular style of story. Yeah. So I think in that sense, no. But if we're talking action, comedy, drama, then sure. Then I think sports gets to be its own genre. Because sports is almost always a a very long tournament arc, as it were. Yeah. So it, it does have it. it does have its own, like, trappings, as it were. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would consider it, like, a genre on its own, though. It always feels like you say, like, shonen sports, or you'd come to something like shoujo sports for, like, Chihaya Furu, or, like, I don't know, Taisho Baseball Girls. Like, sports is a, an indicator of content sometimes more than it is a genre proper. Yeah. But, I mean, you could say, oh, this is a sports anime, and people still kind of understand what they're getting in for. Yeah. So it's weird. It 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 almost blurs the line a bit. It's at least within what I know, uh sports hasn't been used in a way that's particularly flexible in manga or anime. Like most sports shows are pretty similar, even ones that are more out there, like rookies. You know, a lot of the same tropes and trappings still show up. 
Yeah. In that sense, I do think it gets to be its own genre. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I, I, cause sports are almost wholly a shonen thing. Like, it is very much targeted at that sort of younger demographic. Maybe not just boys, but definitely a younger demographic. Yeah. So it's very simple. Like, it's all, it, it is always tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it's, it's interesting to think about, I think, cause that is something that is taken for granted a lot. Kind of in the same way that, like, Shonen and Shoujo are, even though those are demographics and not necessarily, like, genres. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm glad we thought about it, though. Me too. Whew. We've thought a lot about anime. I mean, I always am, you know? Yeah. That's why I'm always so tired at the end of the day. And I think now it's time for, uh, for a long winter's nap. Bundling up with your favorite blanket. You bet. Get a cup of cocoa. Oh, I am actually gonna get a cup of cocoa after this. I'm waiting oh, on. Damn. I'm excited. Yo, get me one. I mean, by the time I get to you, it won't be hot anymore. I can microwave it. No. All right. Anyways, that was our preview episode for the winter season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and so far this year just looks like it's gonna be big. Yeah. I don't know. It looks. It seems. It's so far. It just seems bigger than 2016 did at the same time. Yeah, it really does. So I'm. I'm. I'm ready for it. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I'm ready, but I am looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. I guess ready is maybe a little presumptuous. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Join us next time when we tell you about all the fall shows we watched and our opinions on them. Yep. Because we have a lot of them. We do. Well, I mean, opinions. Yeah. I mean, I figured as much. Yeah. Anyways, I'm Chorps Away. And I'm Jordan. And this has been Coco Disaster. See you guys next time. Sweet dreams.